Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Don Larson, Roy Halladay, and then four Astros pitchers. Was last night historic? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Here is my solemn promise to you. And Stone can already attest, I'm a little spicy today. I'm just on. Okay? I'm not being mean to people. I'm just on today. You're just on one. I'm just on. I'm on one, right. I am not here to throw a dark cloud onto the proceedings of last night. Because I actually think what happened last night in Philadelphia, and I'm not trying to disrespect you, Phillies fans, was kind of cool. And I kind of get into stuff like last night. Like a combined no-hitter in the World Series. Because it's different. It's unique, and it's weird, but in a game that relies so heavily on history, just how historic and memorable is last night. That's the only thing I want to discuss, like a mature human being, like a mature man, uh, myself in stone, semi-mature duo here. I just want to have a big boy adult conversation about just how significant last night was. It is Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. It is a Thursday in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the hot and uncomfortable and perpetually summer intracoastal. Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights, Radio Life Partner, and he runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Let's hear it. From Joe Davis, and I want you to think about this, Stone, as you are embarking, you're very early on, you're in the infancy of your broadcast career, okay? Uh, and and you are calling Division One college football games on ESPN+. You are some Fridays, or Saturdays, I should say, waking your ass up at 4.15 in the morning, driving to the airport, getting on a flight to yep. St. Louis, hoofing it over to Carbondale, Illinois, and covering some and calling some Southern Illinois versus whoever, whoever. college football. But it's good. And you are you are 24 whole years old and doing things like that. And it's significant. You're on a radio show in a top 50 market five days a week. Uh, you are a, a, a prolific FCS podcaster as well, nationally syndicated as Ooh. well. So you've got a good start, a good base. I want you to. Uh, I want to tell you a story though about Joe Davis, <laughs> who is the play-by-play voice of Major League Baseball on Fox. He is the new voice of the World Series, replacing the institution Joe Buck. For many years, Joe Davis worked for a couple of smaller cable entities, national cable entities calling college football, calling the Sun Belt, and the early days of FAU in Conference USA. In <laughs> fact, I got to know Joe Davis an awful lot when he was, this was probably eight, 
years ago or so when he was calling FAU games semi-regularly because they were a big part of what uh, stadium was. And stadium still exists, but it's a little bit different iteration now. Uh, But he was calling FAU games on national television. A little bit hard to find, but it was national television. The longest conversation, the longest hangout time I ever (laughs) got with Joe Davis was in a hotel restaurant called Blarney's. Ooh. In Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs> I love which this. Is, uh, what, what's, the, um, what's the hotel with the cookies? Uh, they have the hot chocolate chip cookies. A hotel with the cookies. Uh, uh, Embassy Suites. Embassy Suites. It's attached to the Embassy Suites. Very dank restaurant. <laughs> Blarney's in Bowling Green, Western Kentucky. So what I'm telling you is that your path may be circuitous. It may go many different directions, but just know that keep grinding. I'm not talking about me. I'm not because I am still at FAU and I am uh, in West Palm and I am... You're living the freaking dream. uh, And I am living the freaking dream, but I am getting old and getting no younger. And uh, Joe Davis is calling the World Series. Okay? (laughs) So after us hanging out... At Blarney's in Western in, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, eight years ago, I have remained on my career plateau. While <laughs> Joe Davis is now Joe Buck's replacement to call the World Series. Why do I mention that? Because last night, Joe Davis in the first ever World Series that he has called as the full-time Fox number one broadcaster mm-hmm. with Major League Baseball. He calls the first combined no-hitter in World Series history. Bouncing ball to third, picked by Bregman, throw across in time. The Astros have a World Series no-hitter. A combined World Series no-hitter, first one ever, Joe Davis on the call on Fox. Household names like Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero and Ryan <laughs> Presley all combine for a combined no hitter. Now, for baseball aficionados, especially Ryan Presley, all right, it's a name, but it's not like we're talking Dennis Eckersley here, okay? It's not like we're talking Mariano Rivera here, okay? And a combined no hitter last night as the Astros beat the Phillies 5 nothing and even up the World Series at 2 2. Now, I first, Stone, you're in this game ended, what, around, and I'm trying to go like by. 11. Yeah, I, I usually go by how things happened or what time they happened. Chronologically. Uh, no, 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 based off of when you text me about it. <laughs> oh. When I awake in the morning. Right, when did I text you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to judge by Unicorn Fastball. Mm-hmm. You, see, you, you sent me Unicorn Fastball. I had no idea what that meant when I woke up at 5.10 in the morning uh, that was at 12, 11 a.m. So that okay. would be around when the game yeah, ended. 12, 11 a.m. And of course, you're referencing Christian Javier, mm-hmm. who Jeff Passan last night on ESPN described Christian Javier's 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball that rides up on hitters as a unicorn fastball. And you loved it. I more than lo- So who catches for the Astros? Do you know? <laughs> Off the top of my head? Uh-uh. Because he had said post game that it was the best fastball he's ever caught in his career. And for somebody on that uh, MLB Tonight panel or post game, said that to Jeff Passan, and he said that's surprising. And he said, "No, it's not. When you want to break down this pitch and why it's different, 
He says his arm slot's a lot lower. And what he's able to and do... By the way, it's Martin Maldonado, right? He got the illegal bat from Albert Pujols? Yes. Okay. All right. Jeff Passan said the backspin on his fastball, because his arm slot is so low, lower than anybody's, it can rise. And batters have never seen that before. And right. he goes it's, for, it's like in softball. If you ever watch is. college softball, they have the rise ball. This yeah. dude... Javier is throwing a rise ball overhand. And it stays on almost what looks like the same plane to a batter, but it's rising at the same time. He says, with the backspin, nobody's ever seen that backspin before, and it all has to do with his arm slot. And he says, to be honest, guys, it's a unicorn fastball. It is something that nobody's ever seen before, and they couldn't even touch it. And I'm like sitting there, not a baseball guy. But you love it. I was chubbed up. You're was, eating that up. You were like, chubbed up, and it had nothing was, to do with Bradley. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, uh-huh. I think, am I a baseball fan now? Like, <laughs> like I got to start watching these pitchers and how they do things because, like he said, it was a unicorn fastball. So I have been beaten down by the world, and I'm cynical and pessimistic. <laughs> and you know that. It's just sort of my brand at this point, <laughs> except it's not an act. I'm the same way off the air, it is, too. No, it is not an act. I am the same way off. You should have heard the screaming match that Stone and I had before the show about the merits of Elon Musk because Stone loves him, and I think he's a complete phony screaming at one another about Elon Musk. Punching the table. Uh, punching the Well, I was punching the table because I'm a psychopath. Stone was keeping his composure. But it does show you the love we have for one another. Yes. Then we stop yelling at each other, and here we go. We do a radio show. Uh, but I'm curious, you, who's still fresh-faced, new to the world, as pure as they come as a sports fan, still appreciate all things sports, Oh yeah, you have not been tainted by me yet to this point. I'm sure it's coming, but not to this point. As you're seeing the combined no-hitter unfold, because I think, using context clues, many of you can, uh, can gather that I was asleep before any of this took place last night. Uh, you're watching this unfold. What's going through your pure sports brain? I said, wow, I'm watching history right now. It wasn't till after and this morning that I realized that it was getting trashed on, that it wasn't even considered a no-hitter. But last night watching it, I was like, wow, like I'm witnessing history. This is so cool. Look how excited these guys are. Like I thought it was real. I thought it was historic, personally watching. So it is historic in a sense because it's the first time it's ever happened. It's never happened before, a combined no-hitter. It's only the second no-hitter in baseball history when Don Larson actually did singularly solo pitch right. famously. In the World Series. is no-hitter in the World Series. Exactly. So, and then you've, you've had another postseason no-hitter thrown by Roy Halladay mm-hmm. back in 2010. So this is rare, exceedingly rare. But it's also a first. We've never seen a combined no-hitter. So from that standpoint, yes, it's historic. But I also think that based on the person, the word historic can be up for interpretation. Let me read you the definition. We're going to Oxford here, okay? Let me read you the definition of historic. It's an adjective. Famous or important in uh, in history or potentially so. Let me repeat that because I vomited all over it. Famous or important in history, or potentially so. Famous or important in history. Let me just ask you a basic question. Five years from now, or even next week, <laughs> are you going to remember the starting pitcher with the, uni- with the unicorn fastball that was the starter? One of four pitchers to combine on a no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 World Series. 
I cannot confidently say I will. And that is sort of my point. Roy Halladay, I vividly remember him throwing the no-hitter. Because it's Roy Halladay. When he threw it, he was already established goods. He was the dude. He was the man. And may he rest in peace. Don Larson, I grew up reading in books about the greatness of his World Series performance. Wow. They don't Are there going to be tales in. passed down about Christian Javier or Ryan Presley or even this World Series as a whole? Mm-hmm. And this is where, and it's going to defy all of the things that I said leading into the World Series where, hey, I'm still going to watch the series <laughs> if I'm not asleep. <laughs> it happened last night. But, I mean, you're allowed Despite to Despite the fact the Yankees are not in it because there's this myth that the Yankees need to be a part of big baseball moments all the time or the Dodgers. But you can bet that we'd be uh, spitting tales of greatness if Javier was in a Yankees uniform and a Yankee and the Yankees, a collection of pinstripers, threw a combined no-hitter last night. But to me... You've got a game four. There was already pushback a day. It's in the middle of the series. It's not something that clinched the series. It drew it even at 2-2. And you have a bunch of non-household names outside of baseball circles that I think becomes increasingly larger, that outside area, as the years go on. And I promise I'm not trying to sit here and trash baseball. I'm just saying what I think the reality is here. TV numbers have been fine for this World Series, certainly for this postseason, but four non-household names with a team that is largely disliked like the Houston Astros and famous or important in history, for something to be historic, I think it actually has to have staying power in the consciousness of the collective fan. And I don't think this is going to. I don't think this is going to. Let me ask you one more thing, and I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm not trying to embarrass you, and maybe you won't be embarrassed, and maybe you'll embarrass me back. Most likely not. Who won the NCAA tournament last year? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And I promise I'm not trying to embarrass you no, because I would not. do the same thing when I asked myself this a week and a half. Yeah, but, but listen, because I, I, I most likely put a, a bet down on mm-hmm. it, so, so I should remember. Give me a, give me a jersey color. Blue. <laughs> Their coach just got suspended four games. Oh, the the Jayhawks. Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. What's wrong because, with me? Because no, 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 no. But we've been. This is what I'm, there is. There is information in our face at all times. Social media, <laughs> Twitter, um, 24-hour networks for everything. Yeah, it is hard to remember benign sports moments. Even the winner of an <laughs> NCAA. It, th- but that shows me that baseball is in the same plane as college basketball. We love the NCAA tournament (laughs) because we love betting on it and we love brackets, but it has turned into a sport where that carries it and we don't care about the end result because it's so regional and because there are very few household names. Baseball lives in that space, and that's my point. When we're talking about historic things that LeBron does, that's historic. Things the Heat do, that's historic. St. Peter's the NFL. Kentucky is historic. That's what you remember. Right. Not the eventual champion. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So I think <laughs> that whether something is historic or not is up for interpretation, 
Because I think now, in this age, what's historic is what sticks. What's historic is what we will remember long-term, and I think in some cases, short-term. And I, again, Stone, I promise I wasn't trying to embarrass you because I, no, I in loved my it. home, I loved it. over the weekend, this past weekend, and I promise I have not been drinking, I'm sitting there and I'm sweeping the floor and I'm like, wait, I don't know why this came into my head. Who the hell won the NCAA tournament last year? <laughs> I'm going to pull it on all the people that I know. I'm going to go around the office <laughs> and, and I ask. bet you're going to get a majority right. wrong answer or no answer. I know I will because I had no clue. So in that same vein, and I'm not trying to bag on last night or on baseball, but I'm just curious. We had a combined no-hitter. If this happened 15 years ago, we would be talking about this for an hour on ESPN West Palm. No matter the team. Because it mattered. But now in this age where we have 24-hour news networks, get up, first take, FS1, uh, Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless. Jason uh, Whitlock. Scoop B. Yeah, Jason Whitlock. We're out kicking it with Clay. Fearless. Yeah. Talk, giving you the real information. Grifters. Like, <laughs> is this historic? Is this famous or important in history? On its face, yes. But I could also say that if I walked outside right now and walked off of a bridge right into the Intracoastal, I'd become the first radio host in Palm Beach County history to just walk into the Intracoastal off of a bridge at 12.25 p.m. Eastern Time. That's got some stick. That would be historic. <laughs> well, for you, you'd be like, what the hell? That would be historic. And it doesn't matter who gives a damn. So I'm just curious. Like, it's the World Series. It's game four of the World Series. To pull off a combined no-hitter sure is cool. And Houston fans should be pumped. You're right back in the series, and something endlessly cool happened last night. But on the same coin, Phillies fans, and we've talked about how crappy it feels to be on the wrong side of a no-hitter. Me as a fan, I'm not sticking around to the end of that. I'm out of there. I don't need to see the history. It hurts my heart. It makes me feel bad. I don't want to watch that. But... Phillies fans on the same uh, uh, on the same flip side. Who cares? Because it's two two. There's a game five coming up. Exactly. So just from a historical significance perspective, just from that standpoint, all the things we've discussed, do you personally consider last night's Astros no hitter historic? Do you consider last night's Astros no hitter combined no hitter historic? Cool, unique, and historic, I think, are two different things when we're talking about whether something sticks. Famous or important in history. The definition of historic. Was that important last night? Is that going to be a documentary outside of the city of Houston? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think last night was historic. I think last night was cool. I think last night was fun. I think last night becomes a really cool trivia question down the road. Nice. But do I think it's historic? No. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Do you personally Consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic. But just think about that question. The fact that 
that we asked that question, and you saw all over social media people bagging on yep. it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? No one's talking about it. I didn't say it doesn't matter. And I care about it, but I know that if you ask me, hell, next week, and the series might be going on still next week, early in the week, I'm not going to remember Christian Javier. I know, I know. And it's tough because I remember this conversation we had at the beginning of the season when Clayton Kershaw was on the mound for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and he got pulled. And he got pulled. And my complaint was, you know, like, where is the game going? Like, there's no beauty. This, 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 this isn't gorgeous. I want to see the art form that baseball is. I want to see these guys go the distance like they did back in the day. That obviously would have made a stick. If Javier was throwing his best stuff, which he was, they said he was locating his fastball. He was better brilliant. Than, better than anybody has the, this entire season in this one game. Yeah, let him ride it out. But think about but it. He didn't even make it to the late innings. Didn't even make it to the seventh inning. Right. And, and for good reason. And for great and reason, I suppose. That's part of the thing, too. Baseball's reliance, as it should be, on strategy now and pitch counts suggested that Dusty Baker, who was a no-brainer at 97 pitches through six innings, gets that dude out of the game because you're in the middle of the World Series, and on short rest, you can bring him out of the bullpen in game six or seven. So it's a no-brainer for Dusty Baker to say, hey, buddy, your night is done, now how, and bring in the bullpen. How stupid do I sound saying this? Let me know. You let him finish it in hopes that he does complete the no-hitter. Does that not give you enough momentum, enough sauce swagger, all that fairy dust sprinkled on your Houston Astros to win the World Series more than it does him coming in for, what, four innings in Game 7? In a possible Game 7? But what you're presenting is a hypothetical, non-tangible, win-one-for-the-gipper type of inspirational moment that I don't think actually exists. Not in baseball. Not when there's no home field advantage really in baseball. It's a non-factor. Not when on a night-to-night base. Stone. They just had an earthquake. It's Citizens Bank last night. I brought it up. Two nights ago, not last night. Two nights ago. But that's, that, you just proved my point. Two nights ago, Bryce Harper and everyone in the Phillies lineup hit a 450 foot bomb. And then the next night, what happened? They didn't have a single hit. (laughs) And they played in the same park in front of the same (laughs) Phillies fans. Okay? So you just proved my point. But I would remember it if if, if, if Javier went and pitched a no hitter and the Astros won the World Series, I think I would personally remember. This 2022 World Series as, oh, yeah, Christian Javier threw that no-hitter and they ended up winning the World Series. Like, that's the, chronologically, I think that's how I would remember it and how I would voice it to people. So, like, there's some stick right okay. there, and it could be like the you could make the argument. That's why I'm asking, is this the reason they won the World Series? I think so. I, I don't think that that's the case at all. And what happens if you let him pitch all nine and, fine, great, awesome, he, he pitched the no-hitter. And, again, it's still Christian Javier. So is that going to? They said he's the best pitcher on the staff, besides obviously Verlander. Did you know that before last night? (laughs) No. See, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) And I'm not trying to crush the guy. It's all. And (laughs) he was part of another combined no hitter back in July. Yep. Which is crazy. That's crazy. But no one knows him. Nobody knows him. So that's what I'm saying. Is what happens if if Dusty Baker lets him pitch all nine innings and then you trot. You trot uh, McCullers back out in Game 7. He gets bombed again. And you don't have arguably your best pitcher at your disposal to throw out there to tread water until your offense can get back in the game. Then Dusty gets crushed for it. 
So no, that would be a, that would be a bad idea. And I think you're speaking like a fan who thought thinks it would be really awesome, like I would, that a a one one person pitched a no hitter, but Bradley, in the World Series. But picking up Bradley Chubb makes us all of a sudden Super Bowl contenders. Yes, no. that filled a direct need. It filled a direct need that changes. No, it's just fan the stuff. complexion. No, 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 no. It changes. No, it changes the complexion of the Dolphins' season based on what they are going up against on a weekly basis and potentially in the postseason. I, 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 I tend to disagree. I, think, I don't think Bradley Chubb, I think now it allows us to bring up the conversation, right? No, 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 but why are you comparing sparky? Bradley Chubb, an actual human like being that's stuff. being brought in to produce and the emotional lift of this dude going all nine innings yeah. and then he is washed for the rest of the World Series. That's not a comparison. An emotional lift and a human being who's being brought in to produce uh, and oppose the position that is stacked most in the AFC, the quarterback <laughs> position, that's a completely illogical analogy. There's no comparison there. It's just tough because he's one of 22 guys. Just say, I wanted to see something cool, and I'm sad I didn't see something cool. Yeah, well, I think baseball is soft. As cool as it could have been. I, just, I think it is. T- I would, that's my argument for it being tangible. We're talking about one of 22 guys on the field, and he automatically makes us a Super Bowl contender. I think it's almost embarrassing for Dolphins fans. I know we did it all day yesterday, but like we're chubbed up. But I don't think acquiring Bradley Chubb makes us Super Bowl contenders. Because they were already Super Bowl contenders. I get it. <laughs> Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? I don't because I don't think anyone's going to remember the names involved in this unless you are an Astros fan. If so... I'm sure you're having a great day, and I, you should continue to do so. And we certainly love our friends at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches celebrating the Astros' win last night at the combined no-hitter. And, hell, I'll go see Javier in spring training uh, oh, when he's yeah. out there. Throw a little bit. That's a good call. If I remember that he was part of the combined <laughs> no-hitter, which I probably won't. Do you personally consider last night's Astros' combined no-hitter historic? 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six and on Twitter at KLV one zero six three. Ernesto is in Boynton to get us going here on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ernie? I'm sorry, but I have to. I'm gonna have to give you a wrong on this one. There are two places outside of Houston that are cheering what happened, and that's the Upper East Side of Manhattan, Little Dominican up there, and the American Republic. Because those are the only two places right now that do know what's happened outside of Houston. Because, dude, the guy's Dominican. So in our history books, yes, there you go. it is historical, Ken. I'm sorry. But for us, it is. It might not be far outside of the American public. Like I said, Houston and the other two places. Everybody else might not care. But for yeah. us, no, that's hey, good. I love that because uh, that's why I think whether or not something is historic comes down more to a personal uh, ability to see it as such as opposed to us just blanket declaring, ah, historic. Like, I don't think so because I have no investment in it. I don't, uh, I don't sit there and pretend to know the Hello? starting rotation of the Houston Astros and you and appreciate the call. Uh, did he say hello to somebody else? What was he doing? I, 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 I don't know. What was he doing? I, I think he thought he was still on. Oh, okay. Um, it, but, but you as a proud Dominican, Ernesto, you find it to be historic. A Dominican did something historic. Okay. And that's fine with me. I'm it's... not trying to say you shouldn't think it's historic. I'm more trying to get a feel for how people look at last night. Because on its face, I think it's easy to say, historic! Combined no-hitter in the World Series never happened before. Yeah, from that standpoint, it is, because it's never happened before. But 
how historic is it really if nobody's going to remember that it actually happened? Yeah, and I think it's the reason his answer, Ernesto's answer, was the reason that we proposed the question. <laughs> I think in the first place, so it's a solid answer. Like, what makes it stick for you? I guess the definition already in itself is flimsy, but as it says, potential. I think at the end of the the Oxford definition, or like potentially so to somebody. So I think Ernesto's answer was spot on. Yeah, for Dominicans, like yeah, that's why it's going to stick, and that's why he'll remember it for the rest of his life. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no hitter? Historic. Think about it, though. We've talked about two pitchers. There were four of them. I mean, there were four of them. Wow. Uh, you're having to account for four pitchers that combined for that no-hitter. There's not a chance that most of you, if not all of you listening right now, are going to take mental note. And when you're in uh, Stump the Schwab 3000 with Schwab's, I don't know, grandkid hosting that you're going to remember the four pitchers involved in the Astros no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 World Series. Stone and I had to think hard about who won the NCAA championship in basketball. Not even a calendar year ago. Yeah, not even. Right? So, how would you pose that uh, trivia question? Right, like, who are the four pitchers? Because no one's getting the four pitchers. No, here's how I would, I would, here's how I would propose it. Name two yeah, of the four yeah, pitchers yeah. involved in the combined no-hitter for the Astros against the Phillies in Game 4 of the 2022 World Series. And That's then it. the person who's the contestant on Stump the Schwab 3000 is going to say, oh my God, I totally forgot there was a combined no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 <laughs> World Series. See, you're going to have, you're going to have who pitched a... Who started. Who pitched a perfect game in the World Series? Don Larson. Who pitched for the Phillies a no-hitter in the... Roy Halladay. Which team pitched a combined no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 <laughs> World Series? Facts. Uh, the Dodgers? The, uh, the Yankees? <laughs> I, see, you I'm telling you. have to go team. What team yeah. pitched a no-hitter? Yeah, because it would be too hard to remember yes. even one of the four pitchers unless Javier becomes a Hall of Famer. That's it. And he's still got a ways to go. Even with that unicorn fastball. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Historic. And again, the definition of the word historic is key here. Famous or important in history or potentially so. Is last night the combined no-hitter famous or important in history or potentially so? Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Stone is wavering. I say flat out no. And again, not because I'm trying to disrespect it, but because I know that it's going to be lost to the ether with me personally, maybe by dinner time. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho for more information. Today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. When we return, Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, also apparently Stone Lebanowitz, and I didn't realize this, is Bart Scott. Stone Lebanowitz doesn't believe in the Dolphins, apparently. Wow. Bart Scott called out to a tongue of Iowa this morning. Wow. On Get Up. 
And it's news to me, based on his comments about Bradley Chubb, Stone was all chubbed up yesterday, but apparently it was a fake chub. It was a phony oh. chub. Oh. He was faking it the entire time, <laughs> oh. which you just said a couple of minutes ago. So let's dive into that. Let's dive into it. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders? And was Tua out of line yesterday for being a confident, cocky quarterback? He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Just Ken and Stone hanging out on a Thursday. We got plenty to do. I mean, we are jammed. So let's get right to Dr. James Ross. He is our good friend. He is our medical beacon. Telling you everything you need to know about the biggest, most impactful injuries in sports on a weekly basis, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Dr. Ross joins us here on Ken LaVica Live. Dr. Ross, thank you as always for hanging out with us. And I want to talk hammies today. I want to talk hamstrings. Uh, Keenan Allen is a name that's come up a couple of times this week, Stone, because we've been uh, relitigating the 2020 draft with Tua and Herbert and Burrow and Hurts and with Herbert, we were saying, you know, I think it's probably fairly even right now with Tua, but he has maximized Keenan Allen. He hasn't had Keenan Allen, though, for the last three to four weeks because of a bothersome hamstring. It looked like Keenan Allen was going to get back at it this week, but then revealed to reporters last night that he suffered a setback with the hamstring. Why is the hamstring so difficult to heal, Dr. Ross? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a muscle belly that's, in these pro athletes is super important for explosive uh, driving and explosive kind of push off for your leg. And the issue with them is just the recovery time. I mean, we've talked about hamstring injuries before. We've talked about how they um, take potentially six weeks minimum in order to start getting back. But then the other thing that we've mentioned before is that the recurrence rate of injury and re-injury is actually very high. So, I was looking into this to try to figure out. It looked like he injured this earlier on in the season. I think he missed, uh, what, six, seven games or something, and then now is back. So it makes sense that he's still fairly early in the recovery period, and maybe maybe he just re-injured it and wasn't quite ready to necessarily come back. Um, so he, he may be set back for another several weeks Mm. that is so frustrating and i think that there are fans dr ross that hear hamstring and if it's not torn if it's just a a pulled hamstring a tweaked hamstring they're like well come on just fight through it get through it but sometimes that's not possible this is actually even if it comes off as quote-unquote minor it's a significant lingering injury and that matters yeah, they hurt like crazy. I mean, the vast majority of these things are not a complete tendon tear where the tendon rips off of the bone. Um, the bone that you sit on, which is called the ischial tuberosity, it's part of the pelvis. It's that hard bone you feel underneath your butt. Um, that's where the hamstring starts. It crosses the hip joint, it crosses the whole leg, and then eventually it crosses the knee joint. And whenever a muscle crosses two joints, it's asked to do two different joint maneuvers. So in that case, it would be knee flexion or knee bending, as well as hip extension or pushing the leg behind you. And those are the muscles that are more um, susceptible to injury. So these hamstring injuries that usually happen in these high-level athletes tend to be more 
uh, further away from the bone, kind of where the must or the tendon starts to transition into the muscle. That tends to be the weak point, and it's something that just doesn't necessarily heal back to being normal. It always heals in with this kind of scarred tissue or or a new tissue, and that's why it's subject to re-injury, especially at this high level. Here with Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. He is able to spend some time with us each week here on Ken Levicka Live. I wanted to bring up to you, because I, I think you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Byron Jones. Uh, he was eligible to be reactivated from uh, the Dolphins' pup list. He's had the Achilles issue and had the Achilles surgery. He's still not back to practice. And as every day passes, it looks like, He's probably not going to play this season, and now you're starting to see Dolphins fans, especially on social media, oh, he's quitting. Byron Jones didn't want to play this year. How soft is he? And anybody who listened to you when you were discussing this a couple of weeks ago would know that this is certainly not a home run slam dunk to be able to come back from an Achilles when he was scheduled to come back or maybe even ever come back to a, a good place with that Achilles procedure. And it's the nature of sports, I get it, but I wish more fans would understand that, especially in his situation with that Achilles, this was never going to be a slam dunk in terms of, oh, he's going to come back and it's going to be totally fine when the when the stopwatch hits on the pup list. Yeah, there's there's just injuries out there that are just, sometimes you just can't fight through it. You know, it, the people out there say, oh, he's just not, not strong enough, oh, he's not fighting through the pain, but... I mean, you're talking about a super high-level athlete that has fought through so many hurdles to get to be where they are. I mean, how many college football players graduate every year and how many actually become high-level superstars in the NFL? Right. The percentage of someone playing football making it in the NFL and being an impact player is so low. It's almost like a survival of the fittest of who can make it. So you have an injury that just slightly tweaks their ability to play, it's it's hard to stay at that high level. And, you know, there's just some injuries out there. This Achilles uh, injury and surgery, these recurrent hamstring injuries, if they can't play at 100%, you know, there's another guy that's jockeying for the position that's going to be as good and if not better. So I don't think it's a strength issue or they're being soft. It's just the nature of the game and the nature of these injuries. And I agree with you. I mean, this is, and I really hope that this that Jones can come back from this injury and play again, but there's a good chance it doesn't happen. Yeah, Byron Jones is not trying to make some statement by not playing yet. He legitimately is trying to come back from this Achilles injury. Dr. Ross, great stuff as always. Appreciate it. Enjoy your FAU bye week, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you the week after as FAU prepares to beat up all over FIU. Keep it rolling. Yes, sir. That is Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Check him out. Check all of the fine doctors out at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. And if joint pain is affecting your quality of life, well, Dr. Ross and all the fine doctors at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care are where you want to go. Their team experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. You know, Stone, what just occurred to me? What? 
It's Thursday. What have we typically done on Thursdays <laughs> for the people? <laughs> wow. Weekend Warriors. That's right. Stormhouse Brewing Weekend Warriors. We're not going to do it next, but hang on. Because we are going to do a heralded quarterback edition of Weekend Warriors. Later on in the show, we'll review our winner from last week. And we will have your chance at 50 dollars $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. But we're not doing it yet. We're not doing it yet. But hang in there, because we will be doing it. We have a lot to come. Stone's going to have to answer for his verbal crimes against the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb in the opening segment. Because right now, Stone's no better than Bart Scott to me. <laughs> and that was meant to be disrespectful. Also, Kyrie Irving has spoken. I haven't heard it yet, but based on what I'm seeing on social media, it seems underwhelming, and he's probably anti-Semitic. Sigh. Good time. Was the owner or just sigh? <laughs> wow, both. that gets a little double. Joe si- both. Joe Sigh. Joe Sigh. He's still in the Bandwoods Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Alive on ESPN 106.3. Oh, he sucks. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Ken LaVica Alive here on ESPN 106.3. Still in the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights, I'm Ken LaVica. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Do you personally consider last night's Combined Astros no-hitter, historic. Ship on Twitter. It absolutely is. Combined or not, it's an incredible feat on the biggest stage possible. And there's no arguing that, Stone. Yeah, there's no arguing that. It's really good stuff from him because there is no arguing that. But again, this is why I think you can personalize whether or not something's historic because I, in the moment, can say, yes, it's an incredible feat. But are there going to be books written about it? Is it going to have documentaries made about it? Is it going to live in the collective baseball memories of us, the sports fan? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's the case if it's dependent on if Javier ends up a Hall of Famer or ends up having a good career. If it's dependent on that, no, it's not going to end up. But I mean, on paper, of course it will. That would be the one thing. Yeah, that would be the one thing that would make it historic. That It would live in baseball lore is if Javier goes on to be a Hall of Famer, and this was truly the stepping-off point to him becoming a household name. Exactly. That's that's how this would take place. Uh, Robbie Gutierrez, it's a historic moment, absolutely. It's a first combined no-no in the World Series. Obviously, it would have been great had Javier gone the full way, but it's the World Series. The final score matters more than the no-hitter overall. It's true. Finhead, it's historic that it'll be brought up years from now where someone will be, I didn't know that, and then forget it. Had it been just one pitcher, it'd carry far more weight. It doesn't carry the weight as some will make it out to be in the moment. Yeah, I think that's along the lines where I've been trying it to, is. to go with it. Um, this morning, or actually, let's go back to yesterday, if we could, Stone. Tua Tungavailoa was asked about the Dolphins' chances this season, about how he feels about whether or not the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl, if they're equipped to do so. And Tua, he was bold. And he came out and he basically just said, yeah, here's Tua from yesterday. You know, we're, we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about 
you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable, um, you know, even with the trades that we, we, we've had. So, um, yeah. So he flat out said, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. We're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here, says Tua. I love that, and I think it's reasonable. I don't think it's out of line. I like the fact that my quarterback, my QB1, is saying, yeah, we talk about the Super Bowl around here. We don't hide from it. We're not shy about it. We believe we can do it. That, to me, shows supreme confidence. For a team that should be confident, they're 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of the AFC race. They should be confident. You make no mistake that every single head coach at any level, the end goal is to obviously win whatever championship it is. So, of course, it gets spoken about. Two has heard it probably twice, three times that week by his head coach. So, of course, Mm -hmm. it's not a reach to go out there and say that. What are you supposed to do, avoid it? Right. You'd be like, ah, no, it's something we don't really talk about. We're just focused on next week. He's not that guy. But if you're Bart Scott, it was out of line. It was too much. It was cocky. It was unbecoming. Bart Scott was on Get Up this morning, and here's what the former Jet, very much known for being humble, had to say. Young player, and you know he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble mm. pie. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, right. listen, you talk about is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than 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 Mahomes, and you're not better than than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now, now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, ne- he's that, never. That, he's. He's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going to so they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. Stay humble, Tua says Bart Scott. The same Bart Scott can't wait. That guy is talking about Tua being humble. That's not even actual analysis. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> That's from a good point because it's not actual it's, analysis. It, you know what that is? It's pure. I'm really frustrated that the Dolphins are making moves. That's what it is from Bart Scott. Um, who, by the way, you can hear after us uh, <laughs> today on ESPN 106.3, uh, Barton Hahn. Uh, but here, here's Bart Scott again, his analysis of Tua coming out yesterday and saying, yeah, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Oh. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, what? listen, you talk about, is, is, are, they, are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than, than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, hold he's, that, never, he's, he's never going to be better than any, any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going so to be the favorite in none of those games. All right. So a couple of things to unpack off of that. First of all, first of all, oh, you're third in your division. Why, Bart, would the Dolphins be third in their division? Oh, yeah. Because a New York area athletic trainer decided that Tua's backup had stumbled when no camera that was in the stadium that day actually saw a stumble or ataxia, and Teddy Bridgewater got pulled from the (laughs) game. That's why the Jets are in second place right now. But you can't tell me if you have a working, functioning human brain, your cerebral cortex is intact, okay, that you look at the Jets 
and you look at the Dolphins, and there's any debate about which team looks the part and which team looks the part on paper as well. Both of those are check marks for the team that plays at Hard Rock Stadium. No doubt about it. Not even a question. It's, is, it, is it... Is it cherry-picking almost to say that they're third in the division because you know you can say it right now because they do have... Yeah, that's exactly what he's like, doing. He's literally... He's cherry-picking. It's the one week still, you can do it, so right. you throw it out there as much as you can. You're still third in your division. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but but third in the AFC East right now who had to play a third-string quarterback against your team, which is why they're third because of head-to-head, uh, beat the Bills and beat the Ravens yeah. and beat the Patriots. How'd the Patriots and Jets go uh, last weekend? Bart, can't wait! The Jets, discuss that. The Jets just got to keep exhausting that right there, that that the Dolphins are third right. until they can't any longer. So right. I see it. But there was one thing, though, Ken, that Bart said that I agreed with, and it was staying under the radar. I think a lot of the times when you're underdogs or, or you're somebody, it's best to try to find a blind but, spot. To throw this out there is I know he didn't say anything out of line. I understand that. But to some players, delusional guys who are like, oh, okay, Tua is like that. Okay, he thinks he can win a Super Bowl. He think, and it's like it's better to stay in that blind spot. It's better to go into these games when they're not really giving you respect. But if they think that you can win a Super Bowl and you line up across them, you're going to get all they got. But Stone, answer me this. How in God's name are Tua and the Dolphins going to stay under the radar? <laughs> There, two is a talking point yeah. every day. The two leading receivers every in history. Day. Let's not forget, two is not only a main talking point on the worldwide leader every <laughs> day. He was a main talking point on the worldwide leader from April through the start of the season. Yeah. And then he just continued through the season. So this is my rebuttal to that is... The Dolphins have nowhere to hide. They're out there. They're talked about. They're a That's, lightning yeah, I rod. I like it. I like it. So whether Tua stays humble or not doesn't change the fact that people are going to try and diminish Tua, that people are going to say he doesn't have the arm. People are going to say that they're not capable of making a run. They're not built for October or November. Right. Everybody has a new thought about the Dolphins every single day, so there's no hiding. There's no hiding. Really also, Bart Scott's saying, Oh, you got to stay humble. You're not gonna. You're not better than Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. <laughs> Did anybody say last year that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, nobody did going into the playoffs. And what did Joe Burrow do? Well, Mahomes beat Allen, and then Burrow went in and beat Mahomes in Kansas City. It doesn't matter if you're better than a quarterback or not. There's ten other players on the field. At any given time. And it just so happens that Tua has with him the best receiving duo in the history of the game, in the history of the sport, and certainly the fastest. That's not to be debated at all. And then, oh, well, they're not going to be the favorite in any game, so Tua needs to stay humble. Ooh, what? What analysis is that? That's just, that's just, and who is he talking to? Who is Bart Scott talking Dominique to? Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth completely obliterated any argument Bart Scott had, and so Bart Scott... What's his fallback? Oh, well, they're, they're not going to be the favorite in a playoff game. I don't know what you respond to What does that even that. mean? I don't know. What, how, what would I respond to make you think that you got me with that? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Okay. You know, I forgot. Like, I forgot. Or you're right. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they would be favored by three and a half points. You're right. Like, right. Are we talking about the Vegas book or are we talking about a result on the field here, Bart? <laughs> Can't wait. Uh-huh. Right, what are we talking about? It's pretty bad stuff, to be honest. And it sounded salty. And we'll hear it from Salty Tua, too. But that was Salty Bart. But then I need to ask you what your whole Bradley Chubb thing is about. Go ahead. Ask me what you need to ask me. Was Tua out of pocket yesterday? (laughs) Was Tua Tua too cocky yesterday saying... 
that we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowl run here. Do you agree with Bart Scott? Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Was he Tua cocky yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Was Tua too cocky yesterday when he said that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here? 888-760-3776. I'm not being cocky when I tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, the Underdog Fantasy app, when I say it's the best fantasy. It is the only fantasy you need. It is the most fun fantasy. That's not hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. That's fact. Because every single night there's something cooking at Underdog Fantasy. You want some college football fantasy? Bam. Right there. You want some NFL fantasy? Bam. Right there. We got a Thursday game tonight. You want some hockey fantasy? Sure. Right there for you. Roll out the red carpet. Uh, you, you want some week nine NFL fantasy? Of course it's there for you. Some head-to-head, some high-low. There are so many opportunities on a nightly basis to win money with Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com and the free Underdog Fantasy app. That's underdogfantasy.com and the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, the best fantasy. My fantasy, use the promo code WESTPALM, all one word. Double that deposit up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code WESTPALM. Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Is he too cocky saying that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here? 888-760-3776. Real quick, Mike is in Wellington. What's up, Mike? Hey, Ken. There's a, there's a difference between a boss and a leader, and I think... Tua is establishing some leadership in that locker room. Yeah. And I think it just shows that he's confident in himself. He's confident in this team. And every team's end goal, what you play football for, is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's cocky. I think I think he's establishing himself as a leader in that locker room, and these guys are going to be looking up to him. And I don't think it's cocky. I just think he's confident. Yeah. You know, he's getting comfortable with himself and this team. And, you know, I'm all for it. So, if if Tua would have got up, call, you know, guys. appreciate you, Mike. And if Tua would have gotten up there yesterday and said, eh, "We're staying humble," people would have been like, "Yeah, that doesn't sound great." I guess. Like, come on, dude. You of all people, you of all people, when you were at Southern Illinois right. as the starting quarterback, you went through a playoff run where you were nothing but cocky. So don't give me that. Don't give me the, the uh, hold Tua to a different standard when Stone frickin' Lebanowitz at Southern Illinois in the FCS postseason couldn't keep his mouth shut at the podium. I mean, I suppose, but on I was on a very minuscule scale compared don't, to, don't, the don't percent- undercut yourself. to the percentages no, 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 of no, that no, are no. watching Tua. But, see, I always thought I was up there for a reason, so I guess you're right. I always thought that I'm standing here for a reason. You guys are here for a reason. You guys are filming me for a reason. Like, I'm going to give you the answer you're looking for. I'm not going to brush you guys off. You guys showed up, and you guys thought about these questions, and you guys want these answers, so I'm going to give them to you. And I always felt like you needed to deliver. And I guess right there, in a sense, too, we deliver. did nothing but deliver. All right, the FCC is going to get mad at us. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and just, I'm going to hold Stone accountable to his words. Oh. Uh, Just like Kyrie, they tried to hold him accountable today, and as you can imagine, didn't go real well. We'll go through that as well. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Here's a message from Ken Levicka. Don Larson, Roy Halladay, and then four Astros pitchers. Was last night historic? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. 
Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Here is my solemn promise to you. And Stone can already attest, I'm a little spicy today. I'm just on, okay? I'm not being mean to people. I'm just on today. You're just on one. I'm just on. I'm on one, right. I am not here to throw a dark cloud onto the proceedings of last night. Because I actually think what happened last night in Philadelphia, and I'm not trying to disrespect you, Phillies fans, was kind of cool. And I kind of get into stuff like last night, like a combined no-hitter in the World Series, because it's different, it's unique, and it's weird. But in a game that relies so heavily on history, just how historic and memorable is last night. That's the only thing I want to discuss. Like a mature human being, like a mature man, uh, myself in stone, semi-mature duo here. I just want to have a big boy adult conversation about just how significant last night was. It is Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. It is a Thursday in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach. Phillips Point Towers right off of the hot and uncomfortable and perpetually summer intracoastal Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights Radio Life Partner, and he runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Let's hear it from Joe Davis. And I want you to think about this, Stone, as you are embarking, you're very early on, you're in the infancy of your broadcast career, okay? Uh, and and you are calling Division One college football games on ESPN plus you are some Fridays or Saturdays I should say waking your ass up at 4 15 in the morning driving to the airport getting on a flight to yep. St. Louis hoofing it over to Carbondale Illinois and covering some and calling some Southern Illinois versus whoever, whoever. college football but it's good and you are you are 24 whole years old and doing things like that and it's significant you're on a radio show in a top 50 market five days a week. Uh, you are a, a, a prolific FCS podcaster as well, nationally syndicated as Ooh. well. So you've got a good start, a good base. I want you to. Uh, I want to tell you a story though about Joe Davis, <laughs> who is the play-by-play voice of. Major League Baseball on Fox. He is the new voice of the World Series, replacing the institution, Joe Buck. For many years, Joe Davis worked for a couple of smaller cable entities, national cable entities, calling college football, calling the Sun Belt, and the early days of FAU in Conference USA. Uh, In fact, uh I got to know Joe Davis an awful lot when he was, this was probably eight years ago or so when he was calling FAU games semi-regularly because they were a big part of what uh, Stadium was. And Stadium still exists, but it's a little bit different iteration now. Uh, But he was calling FAU games on national television. A little bit hard to find, but it was national television. The longest conversation, the longest hangout time I ever got (laughs) with Joe Davis was in a hotel restaurant called Blarney's. Ooh. 
in Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs> I love which this. Is, uh, what, what's the um, what's the hotel with the cookies? Uh, they have the hot chocolate chip cookies. A hotel with the cookies. Uh, uh, NBC Suites. NBC Suites. It's attached to the NBC Suites. Very dank restaurant, <laughs> Blarney's, in Bowling Green, Western Kentucky. So what I'm telling you is that your path may be circuitous. It may go many different directions, but just know that keep grinding. I'm not talking about me. I'm not because I am still at FAU and I am uh, in West Palm and I am... You're living the freaking dream. uh, And I am living the freaking dream, but I am getting old and getting no younger. And uh, Joe Davis is calling the World Series. Okay? (laughs) So after us hanging out... At Blarney's in Western in, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, eight years ago, I have remained on my career plateau. While <laughs> Joe Davis is now Joe Buck's replacement to call the World Series. Why do I mention that? Because last night, Joe Davis in the first ever World Series that he has called as the full-time Fox number one broadcaster mm-hmm. with Major League Baseball. He calls the first combined no-hitter in World Series history. Bouncing ball third, picked by Brickman, throw across in time. The Astros have a World Series no-hitter. A combined World Series no-hitter, first one ever, Joe Davis on the call on Fox. Household names like Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero and Ryan <laughs> Presley all combine for a combined no hitter. Now, for baseball aficionados, especially Ryan Presley, all right, it's a name, but it's not like we're talking Dennis Eckersley here, okay? It's not like we're talking Mariano Rivera here, okay? And a combined no hitter last night as the Astros beat the Phillies 5 nothing and even up the World Series at 2 2. Now, I first, Stone, you're in this game ended, what, around, and I'm trying to go like by. 11. Yeah, I, I usually go by how things happened or what time they happened. Chronologically. Uh, no, 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 based off of when you text me about it. <laughs> oh. When I awake in the morning. Right, when did I text you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to judge by Unicorn Fastball. Mm-hmm. You, see, you, you sent me Unicorn Fastball. I had no idea what that meant when I woke up at 5.10 in the morning uh, that was at 12, 11 a.m. So that okay. would be around when the game yeah, ended. 12, 11 a.m. And of course, you're referencing Christian Javier, mm-hmm. who Jeff Passan last night on ESPN described Christian Javier's 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball that rides up on hitters as a unicorn fastball. And you loved it. I more than lo- So who catches for the Astros? Do you know? <laughs> Off the top of my head? Uh uh-uh. uh. Because he had said post game that it was the best fastball he's ever caught in his career. And for somebody on that uh, MLB Tonight panel or post game, said that to Jeff Passan, and he said that's surprising. And he said, "No, it's not." When you want to break down this pitch and why it's different, he says his arm slots a lot lower, and what he's able to and do. By the way, it's Martin Maldonado, right? He got the illegal bat from Albert Pujols. Yes. Okay. All right. Jeff Passan said the backspin on his fastball because his arm slot is so low, lower than anybody's. It can rise, and batters have never seen that before. And right. it goes it's, for, it's like in softball. If you ever watch is. college softball, they have the rise ball. This yeah. dude 
Javier is throwing a rise ball overhand. And it stays on almost what looks like the same plane to a batter, but it's rising at the same time. He says, with the backspin, nobody's ever seen that backspin before, and it all has to do with his arm slot. And he says, to be honest, guys, it's a unicorn fastball. It is something that nobody's ever seen before, and they couldn't even touch it. And I'm like sitting there, not a baseball guy. But you love it. I was chubbed up. You were eating that up. You were chubbed up, and it had nothing to do with Bradley. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, Uh am I a baseball fan now? Like, (laughs) like, I got to start watching these pitchers and how they do things because, like he said, it was a unicorn fastball. So I have been beaten down by the world, and I'm cynical and pessimistic. (laughs) And you know that. It's just sort of my brand at this point, (laughs) except it's not an act. I'm the same way off the air, is, too. No, it is not an act. I am the same way off. You should have heard the screaming match that Stone and I had before the show about the merits of Elon Musk because Stone loves him, and I think he's a complete phony screaming at one another about Elon Musk. Punching the table. Uh, punching the, Well, I was punching the table because I'm a psychopath. Stone was keeping his composure. But it does show you the love we have for one another. Yes. Then we stop yelling at each other, and here we go. We do a radio show. Uh, but I'm curious, you, who's still fresh-faced, new to the world, as pure as they come as a sports fan, still appreciate all things sports, Oh yeah, you have not been tainted by me yet to this point. I'm sure it's coming, but not to this point. As you're seeing the combined no-hitter unfold, because I think, using context clues, many of you can, uh, can gather that I was asleep before any of this took place last night. Uh, you're watching this unfold. What's going through your pure sports brain? I said, wow, I'm watching history right now. It wasn't till after and this morning that I realized that it was getting trashed on, that it wasn't even considered a no-hitter. But last night watching it, I was like, wow, like I'm witnessing history. This is so cool. Look how excited these guys are. Like I thought it was real. I thought it was historic, personally watching. So it is historic in a sense because it's the first time it's ever happened. It's never happened before, a combined no-hitter. It's only the second no-hitter in baseball history when Don Larson actually did singularly solo pitch famously. In the World Series. His no-hitter in the World Series. Exactly. So, and then you've you've had another postseason no-hitter thrown by Roy Halladay Mm -hmm. back in 2010. So this is rare, exceedingly rare. But it's also a first. We've never seen a combined no-hitter. So from that standpoint, yes, it's historic. But I also think that based on the person, the word historic can be up for interpretation. Let me read you the definition. We're going to Oxford here, okay? Let me read you the definition of historic. It's an adjective. Famous or important in uh, in history or potentially so. Let me repeat that because I vomited all over it. Famous or important in history or potentially so. Famous or important in history. Let me just ask you a basic question. Five years from now, or even next week, <laughs> are you going to remember the starting pitcher with the, uni- with the unicorn fastball that was the starter? One of four pitchers to combine on a no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 World Series. I cannot confidently say I will. And that is sort of my point. Roy Halladay, I vividly remember him throwing the no-hitter. Because it's Roy Halladay. When he threw it, he was already established goods. He was the dude. He was the man. And may he rest in peace. Don Larson. 
I grew up reading in books about the greatness of his World Series performance. Wow. They don't Are there going to be tales passed down about Christian Javier or Ryan Presley or even this World Series as a whole? Mm-hmm. And this is where, and it's going to defy all of the things that I said leading into the World Series where, hey, I'm still going to watch the series well, if I'm not asleep, which happened <laughs> last night. But, I mean, you're allowed Despite to Despite the fact the Yankees are not in it, because there's this myth that the Yankees need to be a part of big baseball moments all the time, or the Dodgers. But you can bet that we'd be uh, spitting tales of greatness if Javier was in a Yankees uniform. And a Yankee. And the Yankees, a collection of pinstripers, threw a combined no-hitter last night. But to me... You've got a game four. There was already pushback a day. It's in the middle of the series. It's not something that clinched the series. It drew it even at 2-2. And you have a bunch of non-household names outside of baseball circles that I think becomes increasingly larger, that outside area, as the years go on. And I promise I'm not trying to sit here and trash baseball. I'm just saying what I think the reality is here. TV numbers have been fine for this World Series, certainly for this postseason, but four non-household names with a team that is largely disliked like the Houston Astros and famous or important in history, for something to be historic, I think it actually has to have staying power in the consciousness of the collective fan. And I don't think this is going to. I don't think this is going to. Let me ask you one more thing, and I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm not trying to embarrass you, and maybe you won't be embarrassed, and maybe you'll embarrass me back. Most likely not. Who won the NCAA tournament last year? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And I promise I'm not trying to embarrass you no, because I would not. do the same thing when I asked myself this a week and a half. Yeah, but, but listen, because I, I, I most likely put a, a bet down on mm-hmm. it, so, so I should remember. Give me a, give me a jersey color. Blue. <laughs> Their coach just got suspended four games. Oh, the the Jayhawks. Yeah, Kansas. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. What's wrong because, with me? Because no, 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 no. But we've been. This is what I'm, there is. There is information in our face at all times. Social media, <laughs> Twitter, um, 24-hour networks for everything. Yeah, it is hard to remember benign sports moments. Even the winner of an <laughs> NCAA. But that shows me that baseball is in the same plane as college basketball. We love the NCAA tournament because <laughs> we love betting on it and we sure. love brackets, but it has turned into a sport where that carries it and we don't care about the end result because it's so regional and because there are very few household names. Baseball lives in that space, and that's my point. When we're talking about historic things that LeBron does, that's historic. Things the Heat do, that's historic. St. Peter's the NFL, Kentucky is historic. That's what you remember. Right. Not the eventual champion. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So I think that whether something is historic or not is up for interpretation because I think now, in this age, what's historic is what sticks. What's historic is what we will remember long-term. And I think in some cases... Short term. And I, again, Stone, I promise I wasn't trying to embarrass you because I, no, I in loved my it. home, I loved it. 
over the weekend, this past weekend, and I promise I have not been drinking, I'm sitting there and I'm sweeping the floor and I'm like, wait, I don't know why this came into my head. Who the hell won the NCAA tournament last year? <laughs> I'm going to pull it on all the people that I know. I'm going to go around the office <laughs> and, and I ask. bet you're going to get a majority right. wrong answer or no answer. I know I will because I had no clue. So in that same vein, and I'm not trying to bag on last night or on baseball, but I'm just curious. We had a combined no-hitter. If this happened 15 years ago, we would be talking about this for an hour on ESPN West Palm. No matter the team. Because it mattered. But now in this age where we have 24-hour news networks, get up, first take, FS1, uh, Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Jason uh, Whitlock, Scoop B, yeah, Jason Whitlock, we're out kicking it with Clay. Fearless. Yeah. Talk, giving you the real information. Grifters. Like, <laughs> is this historic? Is this famous or important in history? On its face, yes. But I could also say that if I walked outside right now and walked off of a bridge right into the Intracoastal, I'd become the first radio host in Palm Beach County history to just walk into the Intracoastal off of a bridge at 12.25 p.m. Eastern Time. That's got some stick. That would be historic. <laughs> well, for you, you'd be like, what the hell? That would be historic. And it doesn't matter who gives a damn. So I'm just curious. Like, it's the World Series. It's game four of the World Series. To pull off a combined no-hitter sure is cool, and Houston fans should be pumped. You're right back in the series, and something endlessly cool happened last night. But on the same coin, Phillies fans, and we've talked about how crappy it feels to be on the wrong side of a no-hitter. Me as a fan, I'm not sticking around to the end of that. I'm out of there. I don't need to see the history. It hurts my heart. It makes me feel bad. I don't want to watch that. But Phillies fans on the same, uh, uh, on the same flip side... Who cares? Because it's 2-2. There's a game five coming up. Exactly. So just from a historical significance perspective, just from that standpoint, all the things we've discussed, do you personally consider last night's Astros no-hitter historic? Do you consider last night's Astros no-hitter, combined no-hitter, historic? Cool, unique, and historic I think are two different things when we're talking about whether something sticks. Famous or important in history. The definition of historic. Was that important last night? Is that going to be a documentary outside of the city of Houston? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think last night was historic. I think last night was cool. I think last night was fun. I think last night becomes a really cool trivia question down the road. Nice. But do I think it's historic? No. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? But just think about that question. The fact that that we asked that question, and you saw all over social media people bagging on yep. it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? No one's talking about it. I didn't say it doesn't matter. And I care about it, but I know that if you ask me, hell, next week, and the series might be going on still next week, early in the week, I'm not going to remember Christian Javier. 
I know, I know. And it's tough because I remember this conversation we had at the beginning of the season when Clayton Kershaw was on the mound for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and he got pulled. And he got pulled. And my complaint was, you know, like, where is the game going? Like, there's no beauty. This, 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 this isn't gorgeous. I want to see the art form that baseball is. I want to see these guys go the distance like they did back in the day. That obviously would have made a stick. If Javier was throwing his best stuff, which he was, they said he was locating his fastball. He was better brilliant. Than, better than anybody has the, this entire season in this one game. Yeah, let him ride it out. But think about but, it. He didn't even make it to the late innings. Didn't even make it to the seventh inning. Right. And, and for good reason. And for great and reason, I suppose. That's part of the thing, too. Baseball's reliance, as it should be, on strategy now and pitch counts suggested that Dusty Baker, who was a no-brainer at 97 pitches through six innings, gets that dude out of the game because you're in the middle of the World Series, and on short rest, you can bring him out of the bullpen in game six or seven. So it's a no-brainer for Dusty Baker to say, hey, buddy, your night is done, now how, and bring in the bullpen. How stupid do I sound saying this? Let me know. You let him finish it in hopes that he does complete the no-hitter. Does that not give you enough momentum, enough sauce swagger, all that fairy dust sprinkled on your Houston Astros to win the World Series more than it does him coming in for, what, four innings in Game 7? An impossible Game 7? But what you're presenting is a hypothetical, non-tangible, win-one-for-the-gipper type of inspirational moment that I don't think actually exists. Not in baseball. Not when there's no home field advantage really in baseball. It's a non-factor. Not when on a night-to-night base. Stone. They just had an earthquake. It's Citizens Bank last night. I brought it up two nights ago, not last two night. Ago. But two. that's that. You just proved my point. Two nights ago, Bryce Harper and everyone in the Phillies lineup hit a 450 foot bomb, and then the next night, what happened? They didn't have a single hit, <laughs> and they played in the same park <laughs> in front of the same <laughs> Phillies fans. Hit. Okay, but so you just proved my point. But I would remember it if the, if 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 Javier went and pitched a no hitter, and the Astros won the World Series. I think I would personally remember. This 2022 World Series as, oh, yeah, Christian Javier threw that no-hitter and they ended up winning the World Series. Like, that's the, chronologically, I think that's how I would remember it and how I would voice it to people. So, like, there's some stick right there. And it could be like the, you could make the argument. That's why I'm asking, is this the reason they won the World Series? I think so. I, I don't think that that's the case at all. And what happens if you let him pitch all nine and fine, great, awesome. He, he pitched the no-hitter. And again, it's still Christian Javier. So is that going to? Is that he's the best pitcher on the staff besides obviously Verlander? Did you know that before last night? No. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, and I'm not trying to crush the guy. It's all, and he was part of another combined no hitter back in July. Yep. Which is crazy. That's crazy. But no one knows him. Nobody knows him. So that's what I'm saying. Is what happens if if Dusty Baker lets him pitch all nine innings and then in the you trot. You trot uh, McCullers back out in Game Seven. He gets bombed again, and you don't have arguably your best pitcher at your disposal to throw out there to tread water until your offense can get back in the game. Then Dusty gets crushed for it. So no, that would be a, that would be a bad idea. And I think you're speaking like a fan who thought thinks it would be really awesome, like I would, that a, a one one person pitched a no hitter, but Bradley, in the World Series. But picking up Bradley Chubb makes us all of a sudden Super Bowl contenders. Yes, because no. that filled a direct need. It filled a direct need that changes no, it's just fan the stuff. complexion. No, 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 no. It changes. No, it changes the complexion 
of the Dolphins' season based on what they are going up against on a weekly basis and potentially in the postseason. I, 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 I tend to disagree. I, think, I don't think Bradley Chubb, I think now it allows us to bring up the conversation, right? No, 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 but why are you comparing sparky. Bradley Chubb, an actual human like being that's stuff. being brought in to produce, and the emotional lift of this dude going all nine innings, yeah. and then he is washed for the rest of the World Series. That's not a comparison. An emotional lift and a human being who's being brought in to produce uh, and oppose the position that is stacked most in the AFC, the quarterback <laughs> position, that's a completely illogical analogy. There's no comparison there. It's just tough because he's one of 22 guys. Just say, I wanted to see something cool, and I'm sad I didn't see something cool. Yeah, well, I think baseball is soft. As cool as it could have been. I, just, I think it is. T- I would, that's my argument for it being tangible. We're talking about one of 22 guys on the field. He automatically makes us a Super Bowl contender. I think it's almost embarrassing for Dolphins fans. I know we did it all day yesterday, but like we're chubbed up. But I don't think acquiring Bradley Chubb makes us Super Bowl contenders. Because they were already Super Bowl contenders. I get it. <laughs> Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? I don't because I don't think anyone's going to remember the names involved in this unless you are an Astros fan. If so... I'm sure you're having a great day, and I, you should continue to do so. And we certainly love our friends at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches celebrating the Astros' win last night at the combined no-hitter. And, hell, I'll go see Javier in spring training uh, oh, when he's yeah. out there. Throw a little bit. That's a good call. If I remember that he was part of the combined <laughs> no-hitter, which I probably won't. Do you personally consider last night's Astros' combined no-hitter historic? 888-760-3776. 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six and on Twitter at KLV one zero six three. Ernesto is in Boynton to get us going here on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ernie? I'm sorry, but I have to. I'm gonna have to give you a wrong on this one. There are two places outside of Houston that are cheering what happened, and that's the Upper East Side of Manhattan, Little Dominican up there, and the American Republic. Because those are the only two places right now that do know what's happened outside of Houston. Because, dude, the guy's Dominican. So in our history books, yes, there you go. it is historical, Ken. I'm sorry. But for us, it is. It might not be far outside of the American public. Like I said, Houston and the other two places. Everybody else might not care. But for yeah. us, no, that's hey, good. We got to know you, bro. All right, I like it. All right, I, love, I it. love that because uh, that's why I think whether or not something is historic comes down more to a personal uh, ability to see it as such as opposed to us just blanket declaring, ah, historically. I don't think so because I have no investment in it. I don't uh, I don't sit there and pretend to know the Hello? starting rotation of the Houston Astros and you and appreciate the call. Uh, did he say hello to somebody else? What was he doing? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. What was he doing? I, I think he thought he was still on. Oh, okay. Um, it, but, but you as a proud Dominican... Ernesto, you find it to be historic. A Dominican did something historic. Okay. And that's fine with me. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't think it's historic. I'm more trying to get a feel for how people look at last night. Because on its face, I think it's easy to say, historic! Combined no-hitter in the World Series never happened before. Yeah, from that standpoint, it is. Because it's never happened before. But how historic is it really if nobody's going to remember that it actually happened? Yeah, and I think it's the reason his answer, Ernesto's answer, was the reason that we proposed the question. <laughs> I think in the first place, so it's a solid answer. Like, what makes it stick for you? I guess the definition already in itself is flimsy, but as it says, potential. I think at the end of the the Oxford definition, or like potentially so to somebody. So I think Ernesto's answer was spot on. Yeah, 
for Dominicans, like, yeah, that's why it's going to stick, and that's why he'll remember for the rest of his life. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Think about it, though. We've talked about two pitchers. There were four of them. There were four of them. Wow. Uh, You're having to account for four pitchers that combined for that no-hitter. There's not a chance that most of you, if not all of you listening right now, are going to take mental note. And when you're in uh, Stump the Schwab 3000 with Schwab's, I don't know, grandkid hosting, that you're going to remember the four pitchers involved in the Astros no-hitter in Game 4 of the 2022 World Series. Stone and I had to think hard about who won the NCAA championship in basketball. Not even a calendar year ago. Yeah, not even. Right? So, how would you pose that uh, trivia question? Right, like who are the four pitchers? Because no one's getting the four pitchers. No, here's how I would, I would, here's how I would propose it. Name two yeah, of the four yeah, pitchers yeah. involved in the combined no hitter for the Astros against the Phillies in Game Four of the 2022 World Series, and That's then it. the person who's the contestant on Stump the Schwab 3000 is going to say, "Oh my God, I totally forgot there was a combined no hitter in Game Four of the 2022 <laughs> World Series." See, you're going to have, you're going to have who pitched. A, who started? Who pitched a perfect game in the World Series? Don Larson. Who pitched for the Phillies a no hitter in the Roy Halladay. Which team pitched a combined no hitter in Game Four of the 2022 <laughs> World Series? Facts. Uh, the Dodgers. The, uh, the Yankees. <laughs> I, see, you I'm have to go you. team. What team yeah. pitched a no hitter? Yeah, because it would be too hard to remember. Yes. even one of the four pitchers, unless Javier becomes a Hall of Famer. That's it, and he still got a ways to go. Even with that unicorn fastball. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Historic. And again, the definition of the word historic is key here. Famous or important in history or potentially so. Is last night the combined no-hitter famous or important in history or potentially so? Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Stone is wavering. I say flat out No. And again, not because I'm trying to disrespect it, but because I know that it's going to be lost to the ether with me personally, maybe by dinner time. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptishealth.net slash ortho for more information Today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. When we return, Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, also apparently Stone Lebanowitz, and I didn't realize this, is Bart Scott. Stone Lebanowitz doesn't believe in the Dolphins, apparently. Wow. Bart Scott called out to a tongue of Iowa this morning. Wow. On Get Up. And it's news to me, based on his comments about Bradley Chubb, Stone was all chubbed up yesterday, but apparently it was a fake chubb. It was a phony chubb. He was faking it the entire time, (laughs) which you just said a couple of minutes ago. So let's dive into that. Let's dive into it. Are the Dolphins Super Bowl contenders? And was Tua out of line yesterday for being a confident, cocky quarterback? 
He's still in the banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Just Ken and Stone hanging out on a Thursday. We got plenty to do. I mean, we are jammed. So let's get right to Dr. James Ross. He is our good friend. He is our medical beacon. Telling you everything you need to know about the biggest, most impactful injuries in sports on a weekly basis. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Dr. Ross joins us here on Ken Levicka Live. Dr. Ross, thank you as always for hanging out with us. And I want to talk hammies today. I want to talk hamstrings. Uh, Keenan Allen is a name that's come up a couple of times this week, Stone, because we've been uh, relitigating the 2020 draft with uh, Tua and Herbert and Burrow and Hertz and with Herbert, we were saying, you know, I think it's probably fairly even right now with Tua, but he has maximized Keenan Allen. He hasn't had Keenan Allen, though, for the last three to four weeks because of a bothersome hamstring. It looked like Keenan Allen was going to get back at it this week, but then revealed to reporters last night that he suffered a setback with the hamstring. Why is the hamstring so difficult to heal, Dr. Ross? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a muscle belly that's, in these pro athletes is super important for explosive uh, driving and explosive kind of push off for your leg. And the issue with them is just the recovery time. I mean, we've talked about hamstring injuries before. We've talked about how they um, take potentially six weeks minimum in order to start getting back. But then the other thing that we've mentioned before is that the recurrence rate of injury and re-injury is actually very high. So, I was looking into this to try to figure out. It looked like he injured this earlier on in the season. I think he missed, uh, what, six, seven games or something, and then now is back. So it makes sense that he's still fairly early in the recovery period, and maybe maybe he just re-injured it and wasn't quite ready to necessarily come back. Um, so he, he may be set back for another several weeks. Mm. That is so frustrating. And I think that there are fans, Dr. Ross, that hear hamstring – and if it's not torn, if it's just a pulled hamstring, a tweaked hamstring, they're like, well, come on, just fight through it, get through it. But sometimes that's not possible. This is actually, even if it comes off as quote-unquote minor, it's a significant lingering injury, and that matters. Yeah, they hurt like crazy. I mean, the vast majority of these things are not a complete tendon tear where the tendon rips off of the bone. Um, the bone that you sit on, which is called the ischial tuberosity, it's part of the pelvis. It's that hard bone you feel underneath your butt. Um, that's where the hamstring starts. It crosses the hip joint, it crosses the whole leg, and then eventually it crosses the knee joint. And whenever a muscle crosses two joints, it's asked to do two different joint maneuvers. So in that case, it would be knee flexion or knee bending, as well as hip extension or pushing the leg behind you. And those are the muscles that are more... Um, susceptible to injury. So these hamstring injuries that usually happen in these high-level athletes tend to be more uh, further away from the bone, kind of where the must or the tendon starts to transition into the muscle. That tends to be the weak point. And it's something that just doesn't necessarily heal back to being normal. It always heals in with this kind of scarred tissue or or a new tissue, and that's why it's subject to re-injury, especially at this high level. 
here with Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. He is able to spend some time with us each week here on Ken Levicka Live. I wanted to bring up to you, because I, I think you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Byron Jones. Uh, he was eligible to be reactivated from uh, the Dolphins' pup list. He's had the Achilles issue and had the Achilles surgery. He's still not back to practice. And as every day passes, it looks like, He's probably not going to play this season, and now you're starting to see Dolphins fans, especially on social media, oh, he's quitting. Byron Jones didn't want to play this year. How soft is he? And anybody who listened to you when you were discussing this a couple of weeks ago would know that this is certainly not a home run slam dunk to be able to come back from an Achilles when he was scheduled to come back or maybe even ever come back to a, a good place with that Achilles procedure. And it's the nature of sports, I get it, but I wish more fans would understand that, especially in his situation with that Achilles, this was never going to be a slam dunk in terms of, oh, he's going to come back and it's going to be totally fine when the when the stopwatch hits on the pup list. Yeah, there's there's just injuries out there that are just, sometimes you just can't fight through it. You know, it, the people out there say, oh, he's just not, not strong enough, oh, he's not fighting through the pain, but... I mean, you're talking about a super high-level athlete that has fought through so many hurdles to get to be where they are. I mean, how many college football players graduate every year and how many actually become high-level superstars in the NFL? Right. The percentage of someone playing football making it in the NFL and being an impact player is so low. It's almost like a survival of the fittest of who can make it. So you have an injury that just slightly tweaks their ability to play. It's it's hard to stay at that high level. And, you know, there's just some injuries out there. This Achilles uh, injury and surgery, these recurrent hamstring injuries, if they can't play at 100%, you know, there's another guy that's jockeying for the position that's going to be as good and if not better. So I don't think it's a strength issue or they're being soft. It's just the nature of the game and the nature of these injuries. And I agree with you. I mean, this is, and I really hope that this that Jones can come back from this injury and play again, but there's a good chance it doesn't happen. Yeah. Byron Jones is not trying to make some statement by not playing yet. He legitimately is trying to come back from this Achilles injury. Dr. Ross, great stuff as always. Appreciate it. Enjoy your FAU bye week, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you the week after as FAU prepares to beat up all over FIU. Keep it rolling. Yes, sir. That is Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Check him out. Check all of the fine doctors out at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. And if joint pain is affecting your quality of life, well, Dr. Ross and all the fine doctors at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care are where you want to go. Their team experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. You know, Stone, what just occurred to me? What? It's Thursday. What have we typically done? On Thursdays for the people. <laughs> wow. Weekend Warriors. That's right. Stormhouse Brewing Weekend Warriors. We're not going to do it next, but hang on, because we are going to do a heralded quarterback edition 
of Weekend Warriors. Later on in the show, we'll review our winner from last week, and we will have your chance at 55-0, gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. But we're not doing it yet. We're not doing it yet. But hang in there, because we will be doing it. We have a lot to come. Stone's going to have to answer for his verbal crimes against the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb in the opening segment. Because right now, Stone's no better than Bart Scott to me. <laughs> and that was meant to be disrespectful. Also, Kyrie Irving has spoken. I haven't heard it yet, but based on what I'm seeing on social media, it seems underwhelming, and he's probably anti-Semitic. Sigh. Good time. Was the owner or just sigh? <laughs> wow, both? this is a little double. Joe si- both. Joe sigh. Joe sigh. He's still in the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Oh, he sucks. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Ken Levick Alive here on ESPN 106.3. Still in the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic. Do you personally consider last night's combined Astros no-hitter historic? Ship on Twitter. It absolutely is combined or not. It's an incredible feat on the biggest stage possible. Well, and there's no arguing that, Stone. Yeah, like, there's no arguing it's that. It's really good stuff from him because there is no arguing that. But again, this is why I think you can personalize whether or not something's historic because I, in the moment, can say, yes, it's an incredible feat, but are there going to be books written about it? Is it going to have documentaries made about it? Is it going to live in the collective baseball memories of us, the sports fan? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's the case if it's dependent on if Javier ends up a Hall of Famer or ends up having a good career. If it's dependent on that, no, it's not going to end up. But I mean, on paper, of course it will. That would be the one thing. Yeah, that would be the one thing that would make it historic. That It would live in baseball lore is if Javier goes on to be a Hall of Famer. And this was truly the stepping off point to him becoming a household name. Exactly. That's that's how this would take place. Uh, Robbie Gutierrez, it's a historic moment, absolutely. It's a first combined no-no in the World Series. Obviously, it would have been great had Javier gone the full way, but it's the World Series. The final score matters more than the no-hitter overall. It's true. Finhead, it's historic that it'll be brought up years from now where someone will be, I didn't know that, and then forget it. Had it been just one pitcher, it'd carry far more weight. It doesn't carry the weight as some will make it out to be in the moment. I think that's along the lines where I've been trying it to, is. to go with it. Um, this morning, or actually, let's go back to yesterday, if we could, Stone. Tua Tungavailoa was asked about the Dolphins' chances this season, about how he feels about whether or not the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl, if they're equipped to do so. And Tua, he was bold. And he came out, and he basically just said, yeah. Here's Tua from yesterday. You know, we're, we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable, um, you know, even with the trades that we, we, we've had. So, um, yeah. 
So he flat out said, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. We're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here, says Tua. I love that, and I think it's reasonable. I don't think it's out of line. I like the fact that my quarterback, my QB1, is saying, yeah, we talk about the Super Bowl around here. We don't hide from it. We're not shy about it. We believe we can do it. That, to me, shows supreme confidence for a team that should be confident. They're 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of the AFC race. They should be confident. You make no mistake that every single head coach at any level, the end goal is to obviously win whatever championship it is. So, of course, it gets spoken about. Two has heard it probably twice, three times that week by his head coach. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's not a reach to go out there and say that. What are you supposed to do, avoid it? Right. You'd be like, ah, no, nah, it's something we don't really talk about. We're just focused on next week. He's not that guy. But if you're Bart Scott, it was out of line. It was too much. It was cocky. It was unbecoming. Bart Scott was on Get Up this morning, and here's what the former Jet, very much known for being humble, had to say. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble mm. pie. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, right. listen, you talk about, is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, hold you he's never, he's He's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going to so they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. Stay humble, Tua says Bart Scott. The same Bart Scott can't wait. That guy is talking about Tua being humble. That's not even actual analysis. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> That's from a good Bart goal, Scott. because it's not actual it's, analysis. It, you know what that is? It's pure. I'm really frustrated that the Dolphins are making moves. That's what it is from Bart Scott. Um, who, by the way, you can hear after us uh, <laughs> today on ESPN 106.3, uh, Barton Hahn. Uh, but here, here's Bart Scott again, his analysis of Tua coming out yesterday and saying, yeah, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Huh. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, what? listen, you talk about, is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than, than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, He's that, never. He's he's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going to. So they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. All right. So a couple of things to unpack off of that. First of all, first of all, oh, you're third in your division. Why Bart would the Dolphins be third in their division? Oh yeah, because a New York area athletic trainer decided that Tua's backup had stumbled when no camera that was in the stadium that day, actually saw a stumble or a taxia, and Teddy Bridgewater got pulled from the game. (laughs) That's why the Jets are in second place right now. But you can't tell me if you have a working, functioning human brain, your cerebral cortex is intact, okay, that you look at the Jets and you look at the Dolphins and there's any debate about which team looks the part and which team Looks the part on paper as well. Both of those are check marks for the team that plays at Hard Rock Stadium. No doubt about it. Not even a question. It, is, it, is it, 
is it cherry picking almost to say that they're third in the division because you know you can say it right now because they do have yeah that's exactly what he's like, doing he's literally he's cherry picking it's it. the one week still, you can do it so right. you throw it out there as much as you can you're still third in your division yeah. Yeah. oh yeah but but third in the AFC East right now who had to play a third string quarterback against your team which is why they're third because of head to head beat the Bills. And beat the Ravens yeah. and beat the Patriots. How'd the Patriots and Jets go uh, last weekend? Bart, can't wait the to Jets, discuss that. The Jets just got to keep exhausting that right there, that that the Dolphins are third right. until they can't any longer. So right. I see it. But there was one thing, though, Ken, that Bart said that I agreed with, and it was staying under the radar. I think a lot of the times when you're underdogs or, or you're somebody, it's best to try to find a blind but, spot. To throw this out there is I know he didn't say anything out of line. I understand that. But to some players, delusional guys who are like, oh, okay, Tua is like that? Okay, he thinks he can win a Super Bowl? He think- And it's like, it's better to stay in that blind spot. It's better to go into these games when they're not really giving you respect. But, but if they think that you can win a Super Bowl and you line up across them, you're going to get all they got. But Stone, answer me this. How in God's name are Tua and the Dolphins going to stay under the radar? <laughs> There, two is a talking point yeah. every day. The two leading receivers every in history. Day. Let's not forget, two is not only a main talking point on the worldwide leader every <laughs> day. He was a main talking point on the worldwide leader from April through the start of the season. Yeah. And then he just continued through the season. So this is my rebuttal to that is... The Dolphins have nowhere to hide. They're out there. They're talked about. They're a I said, lightning yeah, I rod. I like it. I like it. So whether Tua stays humble or not doesn't change the fact that people are going to try and diminish Tua, that people are going to say he doesn't have the arm. People are going to say that they're not capable of making a run. They're not built for October or November. Right. Everybody has a new thought about the Dolphins every single day, so there's no hiding. There's no hiding. Really also, Bart Scott's saying, Oh, you got to stay humble. You're not gonna. You're not better than Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. Did anybody say last year that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, nobody did going into the playoffs. And what did Joe Burrow do? Well, Mahomes beat Allen, and then Burrow went in and beat Mahomes in Kansas City. It doesn't matter if you're better than a quarterback or not. There's ten other players on the field. At any given time. And it just so happens that Tua has with him the best receiving duo in the history of the game, in the history of the sport, and certainly the fastest. That's not to be debated at all. And then, oh, well, they're not going to be the favorite in any game, so Tua needs to stay humble. What? What analysis is that? That's just, that's just, and who is he talking to? Who is Bart Scott talking to? Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth completely obliterated any argument Bart Scott had, and so Bart Scott... What's his fallback? Oh, well, they're, they're not going to be the favorite in a playoff game. I don't know what you respond to What does that even that. mean? I don't know. What, how, what would I respond to make you think that you got me with that? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Okay. You know, I forgot. Like, I forgot. Or you're right. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they would be favored by three and a half points. You're right. Like, All right. Are we talking about the Vegas book or are we talking about a result on the field here, Bart? Uh-huh. Can't wait. Uh-huh. Right, what are we talking about? It's pretty bad stuff, to be honest. And it sounded salty. And we'll hear it from Salty to it, too. But that was Salty Bart. But then I need to ask you what your whole Bradley Chump thing <laughs> oh, is about. Go ahead. Ask me what you need was, to ask me. Was Tua out of pocket yesterday? <laughs> was Tua was Tua too cocky yesterday saying that we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowl run here? Do you agree with Bart Scott? Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Was he Tua cocky yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Was Tua 
too cocky yesterday when he said that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here. 888-760-3776. I'm not being cocky when I tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, the Underdog Fantasy app, when I say it's the best fantasy. It is the only fantasy you need. It is the most fun fantasy. That's not hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. That's fact. Because every single night there's something cooking at Underdog Fantasy. You want some college football fantasy? Bam. Right there. You want some NFL fantasy? Bam. Right there. We got a Thursday game tonight. You want some hockey fantasy? Sure. Right there for you. Roll out the red carpet. Uh, you, you want some week nine NFL fantasy? Of course it's there for you. Some head-to-head, some high-low. There are so many opportunities on a nightly basis to win money with Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com and the free Underdog Fantasy app. That's Underdogfantasy.com and the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, the best fantasy. My fantasy, use the promo code WESTPALM, all one word. Double that deposit up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code WESTPALM. Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Is he too cocky saying that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here? 888-760-3776. Real quick, Mike is in Wellington. What's up, Mike? Hey, Ken. There's a, there's a difference between a boss and a leader, and I think... Tua is establishing some leadership in that locker room. And I think it just shows that he's confident in himself. He's confident in this team. And every team's end goal, what you play football for, is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's cocky. I think think he's establishing himself as a leader in that locker room, and these guys are going to be looking up to him. And I don't think it's cocky. I just think he's confident. You know, he's getting comfortable with himself and this team. And, you know, I'm all for it. So, if if Tua would have got, call, you know, guys. appreciate you, Mike. And if Tua would have gotten up there yesterday and said, eh, "We're staying humble," people would have been like, "Yeah, that doesn't sound great." I guess. Like, come on, dude. You of all people, you of all people, when you were at Southern Illinois right. as the starting quarterback, you went through a playoff run where you were nothing but cocky. So don't give me that. Don't give me the, the uh, hold Tua to a different standard when Stone frickin' Lebanowitz at Southern Illinois in the FCS postseason couldn't keep his mouth shut at the podium. I mean, I suppose, but on I was on a very minuscule scale compared don't, to, don't, the percent- don't <laughs> to, to the percentages no, 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 of no, that no, are no. watching Tua. But, see, I always thought I was up there for a reason, so I guess you're right. I always thought that I'm standing here for a reason. You guys are here for a reason. You guys are filming me for a reason. Like, I'm going to give you the answer you're looking for. I'm not going to brush you guys off. You guys showed up, and you guys thought about these questions. You guys want these answers, so I'm going to give them to you. And I always felt like you needed to deliver. And I guess right there, in a sense, too, we deliver. did nothing but deliver. All right, the FCC is going to get mad at us. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and just, I'm going to hold Stone accountable to his words. Oh. Uh, Just like Kyrie, they tried to hold him accountable today, and as you can imagine, didn't go real well. We'll go through that as well. He's still in the band. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Just Ken and Stone hanging out on a Thursday. We got plenty to do. I mean, we are jammed. So let's get right to Dr. James Ross. He is our good friend. He is our medical beacon. 
telling you everything you need to know about the biggest, most impactful injuries in sports on a weekly basis. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Dr. Ross joins us here on Ken Levick Alive. Dr. Ross, thank you as always for hanging out with us. And I want to talk hammies today. I want to talk hamstrings. Uh, Keenan Allen is a name that's come up a couple of times this week, Stone, because we've been uh, relitigating the 2020 draft with Tua and Herbert and Burrow and Hurts and with Herbert, we were saying, you know, I think it's probably fairly even right now with Tua, but he has maximized Keenan Allen. He hasn't had Keenan Allen, though, for the last three to four weeks because of a bothersome hamstring. It looked like Keenan Allen was going to get back at it this week, but then revealed to reporters last night that he suffered a setback with the hamstring. Why is the hamstring so difficult to heal, Dr. Ross? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a muscle belly that's, in these pro athletes is super important for explosive uh, driving and explosive kind of push off for your leg. And the issue with them is just the recovery time. I mean, we've talked about hamstring injuries before. We've talked about how they um, take potentially six weeks minimum in order to start getting back. But then the other thing that we've mentioned before is that the recurrence rate of injury and re-injury is actually very high. So, I was looking into this to try to figure out. It looked like he injured this earlier on in the season. I think he missed, uh, what, six, seven games or something, and then now is back. So it makes sense that he's still fairly early in the recovery period, and maybe maybe he just re-injured it and wasn't quite ready to necessarily come back. Um, so he, he may be set back for another several weeks Mm. that is so frustrating and i think that there are fans dr ross that hear hamstring and if it's not torn if it's just a a pulled hamstring a tweaked hamstring they're like well come on just fight through it get through it but sometimes that's not possible this is actually even if it comes off as quote-unquote minor it's a significant lingering injury and that matters yeah, they hurt like crazy. I mean, the vast majority of these things are not a complete tendon tear where the tendon rips off of the bone. Um, the bone that you sit on, which is called the ischial tuberosity, it's part of the pelvis. It's that hard bone you feel underneath your butt. Um, that's where the hamstring starts. It crosses the hip joint, it crosses the whole leg, and then eventually it crosses the knee joint. And whenever a muscle crosses two joints, it's asked to do two different joint maneuvers. So in that case, it would be knee flexion or knee bending, as well as hip extension or pushing the leg behind you. And those are the muscles that are more um, susceptible to injury. So these hamstring injuries that usually happen in these high-level athletes tend to be more uh, further away from the bone, kind of where the the tendon starts to transition into the muscle. That tends to be the weak point. And it's something that just doesn't necessarily heal back to being normal it always heals in with this kind of scarred tissue or or a new tissue and that's why it's subject to re-injury especially at this high level here with dr james ross baptist health orthopedic care he is able to spend some time with us each week here on ken levicka live i wanted to bring up to you because i i think you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about byron jones uh, he was eligible to be reactivated from uh, the Dolphins' pup list. He's had the Achilles issue and had the Achilles surgery. He's still not back to practice. And as every day passes, it looks like 
he's probably not going to play this season. And now you're starting to see Dolphins fans, especially on social media, oh, he's quitting. Byron Jones didn't want to play this year. How soft is he? And anybody who listened to you when you were discussing this a couple of weeks ago would know that this is certainly not a home run slam dunk to be able to come back from an Achilles when he was scheduled to come back or maybe even ever come back to a, a good place with that Achilles procedure. And it, it's the nature of sports, I get it, but I wish more fans would understand that, especially in his situation with that Achilles, this was never going to be a slam dunk in terms of, oh, he's going to come back and it's going to be totally fine when the, when the stopwatch hits on the pup list. Yeah, there's, there's just injuries out there that are just, sometimes you just can't fight through it you know people out there say oh he's just not not strong enough oh not fighting through the pain but i mean you're talking about a super high level athlete that has fought through so many hurdles to get to be where they are i mean how many college football players graduate every year and how many actually become high level superstars in the nfl right the percentage of someone playing football making it in the nfl and being an impact player is so low it's almost like a survival of the fittest of who can make it. So you have an injury that just slightly tweaks their ability to play. It's it's hard to stay at that high level. And, you know, there's just some injuries out there. This Achilles uh, injury and surgery, these recurrent hamstring injuries, if they can't play at 100%, you know, there's another guy that's jockeying for the position that's going to be as good and if not better. So I don't think it's a strength issue or they're being soft it's just the nature of the game and the nature of these injuries and i agree with you i mean this is and i really hope that this that jones can come back from this injury and play again but there's a good chance it doesn't happen yeah byron jones is not trying to make some statement by not playing yet he legitimately is trying to come back from this achilles injury dr ross great stuff as always appreciate it enjoy your fau bye week and uh We'll uh, talk to you the week after as FAU prepares to beat up all over FIU. Keep it rolling. Yes, sir. That is Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Check him out. Check all of the fine doctors out at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. And uh, if joint pain is affecting your quality of life, well, Dr. Ross and all the fine doctors at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, where you want to go, their team experienced in traditional joint replacement surgery, as well as new, less invasive treatments with the goal of returning you to what you love as quickly as possible. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho. You know, Stone, what just occurred to me? What? It's Thursday. What have we typically done? On Thursdays for the people. <laughs> wow. Weekend Warriors. That's right. Stormhouse Brewing Weekend Warriors. We're not going to do it next, but hang on. Because we are going to do a heralded quarterback edition of Weekend Warriors. Later on in the show, we'll review our winner from last week. And we will have your chance at 55 $50 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. But we're not doing it yet. We're not doing it yet, but hang in there because we will be doing it. We have a lot to come. Stone's going to have to answer for his verbal crimes against the Dolphins and Bradley Chubb in the opening segment because right now 
Stone's no better than Bart Scott to me. <laughs> and that was meant to be disrespectful. Also, Kyrie Irving has spoken. I haven't heard it yet, but based on what I'm seeing on social media, it seems underwhelming, and he's probably anti-Semitic. Sigh. Good time. Was the owner or just sigh? <laughs> wow, both. that gets a little double. Joe, both. Joe, sigh. Joe, sigh. He's still in the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, he sucks. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Ken LaVica Live here on ESPN 106.3. Still on the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights, I'm Ken LaVica. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Do you personally consider last night's Combined Astros no-hitter, historic. Ship on Twitter. It absolutely is. Combined or not, it's an incredible feat on the biggest stage possible. Well, and there's no arguing that, Stone. Yeah, like, there's no arguing it's that. It's really good stuff from him because there is no arguing that. But again, this is why I think you can personalize whether or not something's historic because I, in the moment, can say, yes, it's an incredible feat. But are there going to be books written about it? Is it going to have documentaries made about it? Is it going to live in the collective baseball memories of us, the sports fan? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's the case if it's dependent on if Javier ends up a Hall of Famer or ends up having a good career. If it's dependent on that, no, it's not going to end up. But I mean, on paper, of course it will. That would be the one thing. Yeah, that would be the one thing that would make it historic. That It would live in baseball lore is if Javier goes on to be a Hall of Famer, and this was truly the stepping-off point to him becoming a household name. Exactly. That's that's how this would take place. Uh, Robbie Gutierrez, it's a historic moment, absolutely. It's a first combined no-no in the World Series. Obviously, it would have been great had Javier gone the full way, but it's the World Series. The final score matters more than the no-hitter overall. It's true. Finhead, it's historic that it'll be brought up years from now where someone will be, I didn't know that, and then forget it. Had it been just one pitcher, it'd carry far more weight. It doesn't carry the weight as some will make it out to be in the moment. And I think that's along the lines where I've been trying it to, is. to go with it. Um, this morning, or actually, let's go back to yesterday, if we could, Stone. Tua Tungavailoa was asked about the Dolphins' chances this season, about how he feels about whether or not the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl, if they're equipped to do so. And Tua, he was bold. And he came out and he basically just said, yeah, here's Tua from yesterday. You know, we're, we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable um, you know, even with the trades that we, we, we've had. So, um, yeah. So he flat out said, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. We're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here, says Tua. I love that, and I think it's reasonable. I don't think it's out of line. I like the fact that my quarterback, my QB1, is saying, yeah, we talk about the Super Bowl around here. We don't hide from it. We're not shy about it. We believe we can do it. 
That, to me, shows supreme confidence. For a team that should be confident, they're 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of the AFC race. They should be confident. You make no mistake that every single head coach at any level, the end goal is to obviously win whatever championship it is. So, of course, it gets spoken about. Two has heard it probably twice, three times that week by his head coach. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's not a reach to go out there and say that. What are you supposed to do, avoid it? Right. You'd be like, ah, nah, it's something we don't really talk about. We're just focused on next week. He's not that guy. But if you're Bart Scott, it was out of line. It was too much. It was cocky. It was unbecoming. Bart Scott was on Get Up this morning, and here's what the former Jet, very much known for being humble, had to say. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Mm. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, right. listen, you talk about, is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, hold he's you never, he's He's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going to so they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. Stay humble, Tua says Bart Scott. The same Bart Scott can't wait. That guy is talking about Tua being humble. That's not even actual analysis. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> That's from a good Bart call, because it's not actual it's, analysis. It, you know what that is? It's pure. I'm really frustrated that the Dolphins are making moves. That's what it is from Bart Scott. Um, who, by the way, you can hear after us uh, <laughs> today on ESPN 106.3, uh, Barton Hahn. Uh, but here, here's Bart Scott again, his analysis of Tua coming out yesterday and saying, yeah, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Huh. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, what? listen, you talk about, is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than, than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. And now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, hold he's that, never that, he's he's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going so they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. All right. So a couple of things to unpack off of that. First of all, first of all, oh, you're third in your division. Why Bart would the Dolphins be third in their division? Oh yeah, because a New York area athletic trainer decided that Tua's backup had stumbled when no camera. That was in the stadium that day, actually saw a stumble or a taxia, and Teddy Bridgewater got pulled from the game. <laughs> That's why the Jets are in second place right now. But you can't tell me if you have a working, functioning human brain, your cerebral cortex is intact, okay, that you look at the Jets and you look at the Dolphins and there's any debate about which team looks the part and which team Looks the part on paper as well. Both of those are check marks for the team that plays at Hard Rock Stadium. No doubt about it. Not even a question. It, is, it, is, it, is it cherry picking almost to say that they're third in division because you know you can say it right now because they do have. Yeah, that's exactly what he's like, doing. He's literally. He's cherry picking. It's it. the one week still, you can do it, so right. you throw it out there as much as you can. You're still third in your division. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but third in the AFC East right now who had to play a third string quarterback against your team, which is why they're third because of head to head, beat the Bills. 
and beat the Ravens yeah. and beat the Patriots. How'd the Patriots and Jets go uh, last weekend? Bart, can't wait the to Jets, discuss that. The Jets just got to keep exhausting that right there, that that the Dolphins are third right. until they can't any longer. So right. I see it. But there was one thing, though, Ken, that Bart said that I agreed with, and it was staying under the radar. I think a lot of the times when you're underdogs or, or you're somebody – it's best to try to find a blind spot. To throw this out there is, I know he didn't say anything out of line. I understand that. But to some players, delusional guys who are like, oh, okay, Tua is like that. Okay, he thinks he can win a Super Bowl. He think, And it's like, it's better to stay in that blind spot. It's better to go into these games when they're not really giving you respect. But if they think that you can win a Super Bowl and you line up across them, you're going to get all they got. But Stone, answer me this. How in God's name... Are Tua and the Dolphins going to stay under the radar? <laughs> there, Tua's a talking point yeah. every day. The two leading receivers every in history. Day. Let's not forget, Tua's not only a main talking point on the worldwide leader every day, <laughs> he was a main talking point on the worldwide leader from April through the start of the season. Yeah. And then he just continued through the season. So this is my rebuttal to that is... The Dolphins have nowhere to hide. They're out there. They're talked about. They're a That's, lightning yeah, I rod. I like it. I like it. So whether Tua stays humble or not doesn't change the fact that people are going to try and diminish Tua, that people are going to say he doesn't have the arm. People are going to say that they're not capable of making a run. They're not built for October or November. Right. Everybody has a new thought about the Dolphins every single day, so there's no hiding. There's no hiding. Really also, Bart Scott's saying, Oh, you got to stay humble. You're not gonna. You're not better than Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. <laughs> Did anybody say last year that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, nobody did going into the playoffs. And what did Joe Burrow do? Well, Mahomes beat Allen, and then Burrow went in and beat Mahomes in Kansas City. It doesn't matter if you're better than a quarterback or not. There's ten other players on the field. At any given time. And it just so happens that Tua has with him the best receiving duo in the history of the game, in the history of the sport, and certainly the fastest. That's not to be debated at all. And then, oh, well, they're not going to be the favorite in any game, so Tua needs to stay humble. What? What analysis is that? That's just, that's just, and who is he talking to? Who is Bart Scott talking to? Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth completely obliterated any argument Bart Scott had, and so Bart Scott... What's his fallback? Oh, well, they're, they're not going to be the favorite in a playoff game. I don't know what you respond to What does that to even that. mean? I don't know. What, how, what would I respond to make you think that you got me with that? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Okay. You know, I forgot. Like, I forgot. Or you're right. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they would be favored by three and a half points. You're right. Like, uh, are we talking about the Vegas book or are we talking about a result on the field here, Bart? Uh-huh. Can't wait. Uh-huh. Like, what are we talking about? It's pretty bad stuff, to be honest. And it sounded salty. And we'll hear it from Salty to it, too. But that was Salty Bart. But then I need to ask you what your whole Bradley Chubb thing is about. Go ahead. Ask me what you need to ask me. Was Tua out of pocket yesterday? (laughs) Was Tua Tua too cocky yesterday saying that we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowl run here? Do you agree with Bart Scott? Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Was he Tua cocky yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Was Tua too cocky yesterday when he said that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here. 888-760-3776. I'm not being cocky when I tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, the Underdog Fantasy app, when I say it's the best 
fantasy. It is the only fantasy you need. It is the most fun fantasy. That's not hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. That's fact. Because every single night, there's something cooking at Underdog Fantasy. You want some college football fantasy? Bam. Right there. You want some NFL fantasy? Bam. Right there. We got a Thursday game tonight. You want some hockey fantasy? Sure. Right there for you. Roll out the red carpet. Uh, You you want some week nine NFL fantasy? Of course it's there for you. Some head-to-head, some high-low. There are so many opportunities on a nightly basis to win money with Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com and the free Underdog Fantasy app. That's underdogfantasy.com and the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, the best fantasy. My fantasy, use the promo code WESTPALM, all one word. Double that deposit up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code WESTPALM. Was Tua too cocky yesterday? See, too cocky saying that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here. 888-760-3776. Real quick, Mike is in Wellington. What's up, Mike? Hey, Ken. There's a, there's a difference between a boss and a leader, and I think... Tua is establishing some leadership in that locker room. Yeah. And I think it just shows that he's confident in himself. He's confident in this team. And every team's end goal, what you play football for, is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's cocky. I think I think he's establishing himself as a leader in that locker room, and these guys are going to be looking up to him. And I don't think it's cocky. I just think he's confident. Yeah. You know, he's getting comfortable with himself and this team. And, you know, I'm all for it. So, if if Tua would have got, call, you know, guys. appreciate you, Mike. And if Tua would have gotten up there yesterday and said, eh, "We're staying humble," people would have been like, "Yeah, that doesn't sound great." I guess. Like, come on, dude. You of all people, you of all people, when you were at Southern Illinois right. as the starting quarterback, you went through a playoff run where you were nothing but cocky. So don't give me that. Don't give me the, the uh, hold Tua to a different standard when Stone frickin' Lebanowitz at Southern Illinois in the FCS postseason couldn't keep his mouth shut at the podium. I mean, I suppose, but on I was on a very minuscule scale compared don't, to, don't, the percent- don't undercut yourself. to the percentages no, 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 of no, that no, no. are watching Tua. But, see, I always thought I was up there for a reason, so I guess you're right. I always thought that I'm standing here for a reason. You guys are here for a reason. You guys are filming me for a reason. Like, I'm going to give you the answer you're looking for. I'm not going to brush you guys off. You guys showed up, and you guys thought about these questions, and you guys want these answers, so I'm going to give them to you. And I always felt like you needed to deliver. And I guess right there, in a sense, too, we did nothing but deliver. All right, the FCC is going to get mad at us. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and I'm going to hold Stone accountable to his words. Uh, just like Kyrie, they tried to hold him accountable today, and as you can imagine, didn't go real well. We'll go through that as well. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Oh, he sucks. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Ken LaVica Live here on ESPN 106.3. Still on the Banowitz Friday Night Lights, I'm Ken Levicka. Do you personally consider last night's Astros combined no-hitter historic? Do you personally consider last night's combined Astros no-hitter historic? Ship on Twitter. It absolutely is combined or not. It's an incredible feat on the biggest stage possible. Well, and there's no arguing that, Stone. Yeah, like, there's no arguing it's that. It's really good stuff from him because there is no arguing that. But again, this is why I think you can personalize whether or not something's historic because 
I, in the moment, can say, yes, it's an incredible feat. But are there going to be books written about it? Is it going to have documentaries made about it? Is it going to live in the collective baseball memories of us, the sports fan? And I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's the case if it's dependent on if Javier ends up a Hall of Famer or ends up having a good career. If it's dependent on that, no, it's not going to end up. But I mean, on paper, of course it will. That would be the one thing. Yeah, that would be the one thing that would make it historic. That It would live in baseball lore is if Javier goes on to be a Hall of Famer. And this was truly the stepping off point to him becoming a household name. Exactly. That's that's how this would take place. Uh, Robbie Gutierrez, it's a historic moment, absolutely. It's a first combined no-no in the World Series. Obviously, it would have been great had Javier gone the full way, but it's the World Series. The final score matters more than the no-hitter overall. It's true. Finhead, it's historic that it'll be brought up years from now where someone will be, I didn't know that, and then forget it. Had it been just one pitcher, it'd carry far more weight. It doesn't carry the weight as some will make it out to be in the moment. I think that's along the lines where I've been trying it to, is. to go with it. Um, this morning, or actually, let's go back to yesterday, if we could, Stone. Tua Tungavailoa was asked about the Dolphins' chances this season, about how he feels about whether or not the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl, if they're equipped to do so. And Tua, he was bold. And he came out, and he basically just said, Yeah. Here's Tua from yesterday. You know, we're, we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, um, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable, um, you know, even with the trades that we, we, we've had. So, um, yeah. So he flat out said, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. We're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here, says Tua. I love that, and I think it's reasonable. I don't think it's out of line. I like the fact that my quarterback, my QB1, is saying, yeah, we talk about the Super Bowl around here. We don't hide from it. We're not shy about it. We believe we can do it. That, to me, shows supreme confidence. For a team that should be confident, they're 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of the AFC race. They should be confident. You make no mistake that every single head coach at any level, the end goal is to obviously win whatever championship it is. So, of course, it gets spoken about. Two has heard it probably twice, three times that week by his head coach. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's not a reach to go out there and say that. What are you supposed to do, avoid it? Right. You'd be like, ah, no, nah, it's something we don't really talk about. We're just focused on next week. He's not that guy. But if you're Bart Scott, it was out of line. It was too much. It was cocky. It was unbecoming. Bart Scott was on Get Up this morning, and here's what the former Jet, very much known for being humble, had to say. Young player, and you know he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You you stay humble, man. Take some humble mm. pie. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You gotta wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, right. listen. You talk about is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than 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 Mahomes, and you're not better than than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. And now we're gonna hold you accountable. He's, hold you he's never he's. He's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going. To, so they're not going gotta, to be the favorite in none of those games. Stay humble, Tua says Bart Scott. The same Bart Scott can't wait. 
that guy is talking about Tua being humble. That's not even actual analysis. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> That's from a good Bart goal Scott. because it's not actual it's, analysis. It, you know what that is? It's pure. I'm really frustrated that the Dolphins are making moves. That's what it is from Bart Scott. Um, who, by the way, you can hear after us uh, <laughs> today on ESPN 106.3, uh, Barton Hahn. Uh, but here, here's Bart Scott again, his analysis of Tua coming out yesterday and saying, yeah, we're not afraid to talk about the Super Bowl around here. Young player, and, you know, he's excited, but you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Huh. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. Don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, right. listen, you talk about, is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stay underneath the radar. Because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than than, than Mahomes. And you're not better than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie. Now now you just put a target on your back. Now we're going to hold you accountable. He's, He's that, never. That, he's. He's never going to be better than any any of them. So what are we waiting for? So, so, so they're not going. To, so they're not going to be the favorite in none of those games. All right. So a couple of things to unpack off of that. First of all. First of all. Oh, you're third in your division. Why, Bart? Would the Dolphins be third in their division? Oh yeah, because a New York area athletic trainer decided that Tua's backup had stumbled when no camera. That was in the stadium that day, actually saw a stumble or a taxia, and Teddy Bridgewater got pulled from the game. <laughs> That's why the Jets are in second place right now. But you can't tell me if you have a working, functioning human brain, your cerebral cortex is intact, okay, that you look at the Jets and you look at the Dolphins and there's any debate about which team looks the part and which team Looks the part on paper as well. Both of those are check marks for the team that plays at Hard Rock Stadium. No doubt about it. Not even a question. It, is, it, is, it, is it cherry picking almost to say that they're third in the division because you know you can say it right now because they do have. Yeah, that's exactly what he's like, doing. He's literally he's cherry picking. It's the one week still, you can do it, so right. you throw it out there as much as you can. You're still third in your division. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but third in the AFC East right now who had to play a third string quarterback against your team, which is why they're third because of head to head, beat the Bills. And beat the Ravens yeah. and beat the Patriots. How'd the Patriots and Jets go uh, last weekend? Bart, can't wait the to Jets, discuss that. The Jets just got to keep exhausting that right there, that that the Dolphins are third right. until they can't any longer. So right. I see it. But there was one thing, though, Ken, that Bart said that I agreed with, and it was staying under the radar. I think a lot of the times when you're underdogs or, or you're somebody – it's best to try to find a blind spot. But to throw this out there is, I know he didn't say anything out of line. I understand that. But to some players, delusional guys who are like, oh, okay, Tua is like that. Okay, he thinks he can win a Super Bowl. He think, And it's like, it's better to stay in that blind spot. It's better to go into these games when they're not really giving you respect. But, but if they think that you can win a Super Bowl and you line up across them, you're going to get all they got. But Stone, answer me this. How in God's name... Are Tua and the Dolphins going to stay under the radar? <laughs> there, Tua is a talking point yeah. every day. The two leading receivers every in history. Day. Let's not forget, Tua is not only a main talking point on the worldwide leader every day. <laughs> he was a main talking point on the worldwide leader from April through the start of the season. Yeah. And then he just continued through the season. So this is my rebuttal to that is... The Dolphins have nowhere to hide. They're out there. They're talked about. They're a I, lightning yeah, I rod. I like it. I like it. So whether Tua stays humble or not doesn't change the fact 
that people are going to try and diminish Tua, that people are going to say he doesn't have the arm. People are going to say that they're not capable of making a run. They're not built for October or November. Right. Everybody has a new thought about the Dolphins every single day, so there's no hiding. There's no hiding. Really also, Bart Scott's saying, oh, you got to stay humble. You're not going to, you're not better than Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. <laughs> Did anybody say last year that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, nobody did going into the playoffs. And what did Joe Burrow do? Well, Mahomes beat Allen, and then Burrow went in and beat Mahomes in Kansas City. It doesn't matter if you're better than a quarterback or not. There's 10 other players on the field at any given time, and it just so happens that Tua has with him the best receiving duo in the history of the game, in the history of the sport, and certainly the fastest. That's not to be debated at all. And then, oh, well, they're not going to be the favorite in any game, so Tua needs to stay humble. What? What analysis is that? That's just, that's just, and who is he talking to? Who is Bart Scott talking to? Dominique Foxworth. Dominique Foxworth completely obliterated any argument Bart Scott had. And so Bart Scott, what's his fallback? Oh, well, they're they're not going to be the favorite in a playoff game. I don't know what you respond to What does that even mean? I don't know. What what would I respond to make you think that you got me with that? Like, oh, God. Okay. I forgot. Like, I forgot. Or you're right. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they would be favored by three and a half points. You're right. Like, All right. Are we talking about the Vegas book or are we talking about a result on the field here, Bart? Uh-huh. Can't wait. Uh-huh. Right, what are we talking about? It's pretty bad stuff, to be honest. And it sounded salty. And we'll hear it from Salty to it, too. But that was salty, Bart. But then I need to ask you what your whole Bradley Chubb thing <laughs> oh, is about. Go ahead. Ask me what you need was, to ask me. Was Tua out of pocket yesterday? <laughs> was, Tua, was Tua too cocky yesterday saying... That we're not afraid to talk about Super Bowl run here. Do you agree with Bart Scott? Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Was he Tua cocky yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Was Tua too cocky yesterday when he said that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here? 888-760-3776. I'm not being cocky when I tell you about underdog fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, the Underdog Fantasy app, when I say it's the best fantasy, it is the only fantasy you need. It is the most fun fantasy. That's not hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. That's fact. Because every single night, there's something cooking at Underdog Fantasy. You want some college football fantasy? Bam. Right there. You want some NFL fantasy? Bam. Right there. We got a Thursday game tonight. You want some hockey fantasy? Sure. Right there for you. Roll out the red carpet. Uh, You you want some week nine NFL fantasy? Of course it's there for you. Some head-to-head, some high-low. There are so many opportunities on a nightly basis to win money with Underdog Fantasy. Underdogfantasy.com and the free Underdog Fantasy app. That's underdogfantasy.com and the Underdog Fantasy app. Underdog Fantasy, the best fantasy. My fantasy, use the promo code WESTPALM, all one word. Double that deposit up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code WESTPALM. Was Tua too cocky yesterday? Is he too cocky saying that we're not afraid to talk Super Bowl around here? 888-760-3776. Real quick, Mike is in Wellington. What's up, Mike? Hey, Ken. There's There's a difference between a boss and a leader, and I think... Tua is establishing some leadership in that locker room. Yeah. And I think it just shows that he's confident in himself. He's confident in this team. And every team's end goal, what you play football for, is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's cocky. I think I think he's establishing himself as a leader in that locker room, and these guys are going to be looking up to him. And I don't think it's cocky. I just think he's confident. 
Yeah. You know, he's getting comfortable with himself and this team, and, you know, I'm all for it. So if if Tua would have got up, you know, I appreciate you, Mike, and if Tua would have gotten up there yesterday and said, eh, we're staying humble, people would have been like, yeah, that doesn't sound great. I guess. Like, come on, dude. You of all people, you of all people, when you were at Southern Illinois right. as the starting quarterback, you went through a playoff run where you were nothing but cocky. So don't give me that. Don't give me the, the uh, hold Tua to a different standard when Stone frickin' Lebanowitz at Southern Illinois in the FCS postseason couldn't keep his mouth shut at the podium. I mean, I suppose, but on I was on a very minuscule scale compared don't, to, don't, the percent- don't <laughs> to, to the percentages no, 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 of no, that no, no. are watching Tua. But, see, I always thought I was up there for a reason, so I guess you're right. I always thought that I'm standing here for a reason. You guys are here for a reason. You guys are filming me for a reason. Like, I'm going to give you the answer you're looking for. I'm not going to brush you guys off. You guys showed up, and you guys thought about these questions. You guys want these answers, so I'm going to give them to you. And I always felt like you needed to deliver. And I guess right there, in a sense, too, we deliver. Nothing but deliver. All right, the FCC is going to get mad at us. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and I'm going to hold Stone accountable to his words. Uh, just like Kyrie, they tried to hold him accountable today, and as you can imagine, didn't go real well. We'll go through that as well. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.